The following podcast contains adult language and an abundance of salt. So watch your cholesterol levels. Things are about to get salty. I feel like I'm on the Enterprise all of a sudden. Oh, wait, that's a different show though, right? <laughs> yeah, we're Ken Law. You, you wore a Star Trek t-shirt. Okay, so right. this is funny. I wore a Star Trek t-shirt to work today. And as I was at work, I was thinking about it. I'm like, I can't wear this shirt when I go to talk about Star Wars in May. It's against the nerd code. So I went and stopped at Target and bought a Star Wars shirt just so I could come here. <laughs> you you want to hear something funny? And, I'm so uncomfortable right now because I went to my closet and got my episode one Darth Maul t-shirt out that I bought in college and haven't worn since. And it's like super tight. <laughs> so I'm like super uncomfortable at the moment. Hey, at least you can get into a shirt you had in college. Yeah, but I, I, uh, I, I wanted to do a theme for it. So I have a original series t-shirt and a sequel trilogy t-shirt and I'm going to wear it on the appropriate podcast. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Danny's going for a late early 90s <laughs> Seattle grunge. Yeah. So George Lucas then. Yeah. He's okay. pulling his George Lucas in the flannel shirt. Flannel shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> right on. He's going for his Tim the Tool Man Taylor. <laughs> Great show. And I just said F it, you know, because each of these are better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. I am your host, the Salty Nerd. And today's dedicated episode is all about Star Wars because it's May and we only talk about Star Wars in May. May the 4th be with you. And I am joined by my fantastic panel of nerds starting with, as always, Matthew Kadish, author extraordinaire. Welcome, sir. How are you doing? I'm very uncomfortable because of my tight shirt that I squeeze tight, into for this tight shirt episode. <laughs> Feels like a sausage. It's my episode one Darth Maul t-shirt that I have all the way that I got in college. 1999. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's very uncomfortable. I'm also joined by the barbarian. Oh, I'm sorry, the Dark Lord himself, Matt oh. Vader. Ooh, you got like upgraded. <laughs> you got promoted, Matt. That sounds way better. What's up, Matt? How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Ready to talk about Jar Jar Binks with you. I'm like, super excited about that. Don't, and, make, don't make me salty right, right that fast. Come on. Me so happy. <laughs> and speaking of Jar Jar Banks filling in for Jude Juju because Jude hates Star Wars, we've got Danny, the artist formerly known as Fatbeard. Welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Thank you for being our alternate. Oh, no. I love really it. appreciate it's it. It's always a lot of fun. Love you guys. <laughs> He's also known as the Dork Knight. The Dork Knight. Yep. Thank you, and uh, Nerds Never Say Die, which is your charity event? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Char- yeah. Charity podcast. Char- charity, right? yeah. Um, uh, let's see. So... Um, by the time this comes out, a couple episodes should already be on Facebook Live. We're actually doing a May the 4th uh, episode as well. So I have, uh, right I have a therapist, Clint Banks, from Headway Insight. He's going to be uh, my featured guest for a, a five-part series that deals with uh, mental health issues that are uh, arising because of the stay-at-home orders and the coronavirus and all the depression from yeah. loneliness from the isolation or whether it's anxiety and the fear you have over getting it or you know things like this so we're going to talk a, a lot about that starting, Dan, danny starting do you out. think it's a coincidence that mental health awareness month is the exact same month as star wars month um gosh i don't know <laughs> i tell you star wars has definitely caused a lot of mental health issues <laughs> 
confident on social media. Yeah. Nope, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but hey, listen, uh, before we get started, I wanted to make sure that our listeners know that they can reach us on Twitter at Salty Nerd or Instagram at Salty Nerd Podcast. We have a Facebook group now. You can go to saltynerdgroup.com if Facebook is your gig. And we also have a newsletter. If you're interested in getting spammed with emails from the Salty Nerd Podcast, you can go to <laughs> saltylist.com and uh, we'll keep you up to date on all of our uh, exclusive episodes. Just for the and record, it's an announcement list <laughs> to let people know when we're when, when a new episode exactly. drops. I'm, I'm salty about all this stuff. Sorry. Kate is working so Alex hard. Alex is like, I just want to spam everybody. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Right on. All right, guys. Great, uh, great way to convince people to sign up for the sign newsletter, up. Alex. You want to hear from us. You know you do. Come on. Anyway, we're talking about Star Wars The Prequels, 1999, way back in the day when George Lucas finally came out and said, you know what? I'm going to start this story. <laughs> I'm going to show everybody what the Clone Wars were all about. I'm going to ruin some childhoods. I'm going to ruin some freaking childhoods. <laughs> So let's start with uh, 1999, episode one. Matt Vader, how old were you, and did you go to the theater? <laughs> were you even born back in 1999, Mr. Oh, Vader? I was well in the middle age. <laughs> no. Uh, see, in 1999, I was 29 years old. Right Working on. at a casino in Oregon with a bunch of other nerds. So, yeah, it was, <laughs> were you guys excited for episode one to come out? Yeah, absolutely. We were super excited. I always were, were you one of those guys who waited in line for like three weeks? So... Me and uh, my two buddies, we uh, actually had big plans. We were going to drive down to Los Angeles and take our two weeks vacation and get in the big long line at the Man's Chinese Theater, but it didn't work out, so we didn't go. But what we ended up doing was we went to our local theater with all the local nerds, and we did like a two-night camp out to get our tickets, and that was fun. And then we did another 24-hour line when it released. Day of? Because, you know, back then you didn't buy your seats. Yeah. So we... Yeah, had a big long line. For the, the line for the, the seats, the right yeah. seats. Yep. There's no yeah. Fandango back in the day, huh? But it was kind of cool because it was a small town and everybody knew each other. You know, everybody hung out at the same comic book shops and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So it was fun. That's awesome. a lot of fun. Did you feel like the fan experience is better back then because you guys had to be so close-knit? It wasn't like a social media thing? It was all in person? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, there was a lot of more face-to-face interaction with everything, you know, so... Yeah. Was, it, was it a bunch of silent people or <laughs> avatars talking to each other and yeah. screaming at each other online? <laughs> That's for sure. Danny, what about you? What was your experience in 1999 with uh, episode one? All right. So I would have been uh, probably 20. And uh, my son would have been, what, two, uh, one. He would have been one. Oh, wow. That young. Yeah, man. yeah. And I was still married to my first wife at the time. And, uh, yeah, we went and uh, we saw it at a... Um, it was in High Point, North Carolina at a Regal Theater, Regal Cinemas on, I think it was like on South Main. And uh, yeah, we, you know, huge, huge, huge fans and we were super excited. And, um, you know, I had to wait in the, just like you, you were talking about, no reserved seats. So waiting in two different long lines, you know, super long line just to, to buy the tickets and then the super long line just to get in the seat. And then, uh, uh we we did take it to the dismay of a bunch of people. We did take uh, Devin because you know yeah. I had to, but he's <laughs> he was he was a little little you know like one. Um, but yeah, no, I remember actually, you know, mostly enjoying it. You know, like the like yeah, you know how memory is. You know, and I'm the kind of guy, especially, um, which I'm not sure if it's healthy or not to be honest with you. But I'm the kind of guy I tend to 
not uh, store in my memory banks negative memories, you know, because I only have so much space there. Yeah. Um, so when I think back on it, I, I just think about the positive things and not so much like... That's, uh, that's not bad. That's yeah, a good thing. Yeah, I, I'd like to think so. I have some ex-girlfriends who would disagree with that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to talking about this and the experience, especially the, the second and third ones. Because yeah. that was more, you know, my son was older, so it was a lot more fun where, you know... Um, the movie going experience for the first one was more like me and Deborah taking turns, uh, you know, keeping Devin quiet and, and, <laughs> yeah. and attentive, you know, I, know. I brought my son to yeah. episode seven. He was only one, but yeah, he was, he was pretty good. Uh, Matthew Kadish, what about you? What was your experience in 1999 when you saw the Phantom Menace? So I was uh, 21 years old. I was going to film school at uh, Penn state university and it came out over the summer, so I was back home in, uh, with my parents in Massachusetts when it came out. And I can remember uh, I woke up early the day after it premiered and caught the very first matinee so I could bypass the lines. So I, I saw it in Massachusetts early in the morning. And then as soon as the movie ended, I went back home and then decided to go see it again. So I, I went and saw it a second time that uh, afternoon. And then I got home again, and my, my, the rest of my family was like, hey, we want to go see Star Wars. I was like, okay. So I went and saw it a third time that night. <laughs> nice. Three times in one day. Three times in one day. Damn, yeah. nice. I, well, I was such a huge Star Trek fan, or Star Wars fan um, that uh, like, I'd been following the creation of episode one for like, I think three years before it came out and I just been like immersed in star Wars stuff for the longest time. And star Wars was like a big influence on me wanting to get into filmmaking. So when this new star Wars dropped, I, I was like, I was all about it. And I was just so high on the fact that it was a new star Wars. I didn't care how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. I just liked being able to see a star Wars in the theater. Cause when the original trilogy came out, I never got to see them in the theater. They were always uh, video experiences for me. Oh, yeah. you didn't see Re Return of the Jedi? Because I actually remember seeing Return of the Jedi. It was the only one I saw in the well, theater. Well, when, when I was a kid, we lived in Germany, and oh. we had a, a family friend send us a bootleg copy of A New Hope uh -huh. on VHS. And I didn't even know that there were other movies that existed in the Star Wars. I thought it was just that one movie. Oh, wow. And then when we moved back to the States, I found out that there were two other movies. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And by the time, <laughs> by the time I learned about them, they were, you know, they were already on video and stuff. I guess, you know, that's pretty cool. So you were jazzed like, Oh peak, yeah. Peak level nerd. Oh cool. yeah. It, it was one of those things where I had the blinders on cause I was just so happy that there was new Star Wars. And over time, as I've rewatched this movie, I'm just like, I can't believe I ever liked this. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll get there in a minute. We'll get to the salt in a minute about the prequels because I think we all, in general, maybe I don't know about you, but I think the three of us have pretty much the same opinion about them. But um, I was the uh, I was the target demographic. I was a ripe young age of ten when this movie came out, and I was freaking jazzed because I I remember my father had taken me to the special editions that came out in like 97, yeah. 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my first Star Wars experience was actually in the theater, mm -hmm. and I didn't know any better special edition or not. I, I, I knew I watched the, the VHSs, but I was like, oh, there's extra footage? Freaking lay, yeah, let's yeah. go. I was so excited. My dad took me to all those, and those were those were packed theaters as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I have a ton of, I have a very distinct memory of, of standing in the lobby of a movie theater 
I think it was in New Hampshire when I was living at the time. And uh, I remember being so little that I was looking up at everybody. And I just remember everybody had like Star Wars hats. Like the person in front of me had like a Yoda, you know, hat on backwards. It says like Return of the Jedi on it. And you stuff. saw it in New Hampshire? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, we were neighbors. I was in Massachusetts at the time. Yeah, 96 and 97, I think I was in uh, New Hampshire. I'm surprised you guys weren't best friends or something. <laughs> <like that. laughs> Who knew? Well, wow. I, I was like 11 years older than him. <laughs> Some annoying little kid. But anyway, yeah, my mom took me. My dad was working out of state, so my, my mom took me to go see episode one. Um, we saw it 10 times. It was about once a week for 10 weeks in a row. Nice. Because my mom was like, your dad was out of town. We weren't doing anything. Uh, I had a 10-year-old kid with me that I needed to keep entertained. And I was like, let's go to the movies. And I was like, all right. So, yeah, I saw that movie 10 times uh, in theaters, episode one, I remember. And, I mean, like I said, I was a target demographic. So all the little gripes that, like, you guys probably have, at the time, I was like, this is perfect. I love, I love Jar Jar. I love little Anakin. He's just like me. You, you had, you had to get it. warped over time. Yeah, right? yeah. So I had to be. I think I saw it five times when it first came out in theaters. That was yeah. the max. So number. God bless my mom for taking a freaking 10-year-old to the movies 10 times in a row to go see Star Wars, a movie she probably didn't even like. <laughs> Once That's for funny. every year of your life. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the, the only close experience I have to that is I took my oldest son, Devin, to the original fantastic four movie the first one with chris evans yeah. and uh we saw that a whopping 13 times Holy in the movie theater because he loved it so much no fantastic four was his I, I was jam. gonna say the, the roger corman one <laughs> no, 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 no 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 well i shouldn't say original, original yeah no, i mean well you know the, the first one before the yeah. terrible you know reboot they tried chris evans and jessica alba yeah yeah but uh right on. he yeah he he loved that movie so much and then I've, i'd never in my life had done anything like that, you know, up until coming to Vegas and I got to do movie reviews for a while. So there was a time where I was like, oh, well, I can see this movie for free. And then, well, I'll go, I liked it so much, I'll go pay and see it again. Oh, man. And especially with the Marvel movies, like we got close. We saw like, uh, uh, which one was it? I think the, the Infinity, the first Infinity War. It was Infinity, yeah, Infinity War. We saw that, I think, like nine times. <laughs> But, but yeah, so, so Fantastic Four, believe it or not, still holds, holds a record you in my know, household. You know what's yeah. funny is um, Fantastic Four, it came out the same year as Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, I was, when I was at the Cannes Film Festival, because Revenge of the Sith was premiering there in Europe. Um, was that because you used to work in Hollywood? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> so I was actually at the festival, and um, I went and saw... Uh, Fantastic Four for the first time there, and it was all in French with English subtitles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also, they, 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 they were playing the original A New Hope on TV in French without subtitles. Uh. And so one night after the festival ended, I was just in my little rented apartment with no air conditioning, and uh, I was looking for something to watch. And so I was watching this French version of A New Hope on TV because I was all jazzed to see the uh, you, you know the Revenge of the Sith the next day, and the voice they got for Darth Vader was really like high pitched like like you know and I was I was like they totally cast the wrong French guy for Darth Vader the Le Death Star yeah Viva La Death Star oh my goodness so uh, let's get into our our opinions about this movie which I think this is going to be the most fun segment. <laughs> This is going to be awesome to talk about. So episode one, yeah, the Phantom Menace. The Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. I, re- I remember when they announced the the title for it. I was like, "That's not the real title." Like, <laughs> that sounds menacing. Ooh, the Phantom Menace. That sounds exciting. I don't know. I don't remember what I thought about it, but I know when I was watching the movie as a kid, 
I freaking loved it. I loved every minute of it. I was sold from start to finish. Well, it was it was such a 1950s kind of sci-fi-ish title. Like, like well, he was that was yeah, I know, his, yeah, yeah. I, I know that that was his inspiration for it. But I, I can remember like my roommates in college because this came out my junior year in college, I believe. Um, like th- we were all like huge star star Wars fans. And when that title was announced, we, we were all like dumbfounded. We were like, that's, that's a dumb title. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Why did they call it that? And they kind of kept that going for the first two movies with like attack of the clones. Like that's another kind of very sci-fi ish 1950s, like B movie title. I remember not kind of the same thing when that title came out. I remember not believing that that was the title. Yeah. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Did you guys? I know there's a, a a story that goes around a lot when the when the movie first came out or when the trailer first came out. People would buy a movie ticket to go see. Yeah, I think that yeah, Brad Pitt yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Meet Joe. Oh, meet meet Joe Black. Joe Black. Yeah. Just to watch the trailer and then leave halfway yeah. through. Yeah, that movie did great box office because of that trailer. Yeah. Did you guys? <laughs> did any of you guys do that? I didn't do it personally, but like I, I knew people who at college who did, and they they would just you know go to the local movie theater buy a ticket go see that. But, but then like it would come out on the internet. So, like someone would leak it yeah. and then like you just download it and watch it on the yeah, loop, which is what watching, I did. I remember watching that trailer on like some message board or something. Like oh, yeah. we, we, we used to like deconstruct the, the lightsaber scenes between <laughs> Maul, Maul and, and Obi-Wan. Cause like you only got like a couple seconds of it yeah. in there, but like, yeah. like up until that point, the most we had was like the final like Luke and Vader scene mm-hmm. um, where they're fighting. And then there was the Obi-Wan and Vader scene in, in episode four. And seeing a young Obi Wan going toe to toe with the double lightsaber Sith guy, I get like, chills just thinking. Yeah, about like, like our eyes would pop out of our head when yeah. we saw that stuff. It was. Did crazy. you guys see that reimagining of the uh, yeah, New Hope Vader Obi Wan fight? Yeah, oh my god, the it's so fan awesome. film on YouTube. Yeah, yeah I like really it, good. but I, I like if somebody were to say, "Hey, we're going to put this in the movie," I'd be like, "Don't." Don't please don't like I like it's really cool, but I'm like I, I don't know out of the other stuff they've added, it would be better than anything else they've added. <laughs> Speaking so. of putting stuff in the movie, I don't know how you guys rewatch these movies, but I bought the Amazon Star Wars collection like years ago, and so I had the movies on on my Amazon account uh-huh. that I can watch digitally. And when I watched uh, episode one. They replaced the puppet Yoda with a full CGI Yoda yeah. in there. I, I was like, "You got rid of puppet Yoda?" Yeah, oh yeah, just that to make it consistent. Looked like garbage. Well, it did look like garbage, <laughs> but I, I was like, I was like, the entire time I was watching, I was like, something's wrong here. Yeah. And then by the time I got to the end, I, I was like, oh, they replaced Yoda with a CGI Yoda. <laughs> so that happened actually while they were doing episode two. Um, they had nailed down the CGI version of Yoda enough to feel comfortable using it. So for consistency's sake, they went back and retrofitted the CGI Yoda into the episode one. Uh. And then from that point on, from episode, well, episode two came out in what, 2003? So ever since 2003, there's only been the CGI version unless you owned a copy of the mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have the DVD of episode one yeah. and it's got puppet Yoda. Yeah, yeah I, I just took the easy route and watched it on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> Disney Plus, I did the like, same thing. I pay for it. I'm going to use it, man. Oh, yeah. You so, know, that gives, that gives me an idea. So let's do this. Uh, we'll go around the table and compare your original thoughts when you were at the theater and you saw the movie to okay. uh, the most recent rewatch that you did and, and see how your opinion has changed over the last 20 years. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. 
Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. So... <laughs> or if it even has. It, it hasn't a whole lot. I, I have this very vivid memory of that night. Mm-hmm. Super excited going in. I mean, every nerd in Southern Oregon was there, right? Super pumped, super jacked. Everybody's chanting Lucas's name and in the line going in, you know? <laughs> and uh, when we left... Everybody was so quiet. Oh no. Just super quiet. I mean, this wasn't, this was the midnight crowd. Yeah. This was the hardcore fans, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when everybody left, we were all just kind of like shuffling out. Everybody was kind of quiet. Our friend Lori was crying. Oh no. Literal tears coming out of her eyes. She's all like, I don't know what we just saw. What was that? That wasn't a Star Wars movie. And we're all like, you're, you're going a little, getting a little carried away there, but but yeah, I mean it was it was funny because everybody was just like, "What the hell did we just see?" Oh, it was no. it was nuts, and uh, yeah, man, it was just like we were watching it again this week. I mean, I've seen it plenty of times, but my my impression was the same. It's it's held up pretty good technically. I think oh, it still techni- looks really yeah. good. We'll talk about the technicals in a minute, but. Uh, but. It needed some work. Needed some work. Did any of you uh, see the? Uh because uh, it was while I, I lived here in Vegas, uh, I went with my friend Glenda to see it, the uh, the Phantom Menace in 3D. Yes, and then, I did see that. Yeah, I went and saw that. I hate that they abandoned that. They should have, they just, because you're a completionist, I'm sure you can appreciate that. It was just, why not just finish it out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, because I remember they, they announced, it was like a big thing. They announced yeah. 3D Star Wars. And then I think something happened with the sale. And that's what changed it. Like, uh, I guess, yeah, like, they yeah. sold it to Disney, and Disney didn't want to do that or something. I think. Well, you would probably know better, Matt. Uh, first time hearing of it, oh, actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they did it. They did episode one in 3D, and then they just abandoned it. Yeah. They didn't release the other two. Yeah. I remember actually enjoying that, which <laughs> I thought was weird. Yeah. I remember watching this movie, and as soon as the Trade Federation guys started, started <laughs> talking... <laughs> I was what? like, what, what did you say? Down, like, down there. Like, what is going on? It, this is ridiculous, you know, because nothing matched them. Yeah. It's just like they're going to get in trouble for being racist now, you know, because definitely Asian stereotypes with the Trade Federation guys. And then Jar Jar showed up. Yeah, and, the, the moment Jar Jar showed up, <laughs> the whole movie got derailed. Yeah. Like I remember when I first saw it in a the theater, I was like super on board. I was like, oh, they said I have a bad feeling about this. There's lightsaber battles. <laughs> droids like three seconds into the movie and, and then like as soon as jar jar shows up and he, he's doing his whole like misa jar jar binks thing oh. um i i was just like oh no oh no <laughs> and, and, and i had to be like i really hope that he's just in the first part of this movie and then he just wouldn't go away <laughs> danger <laughs> Robinson, danger. So. Like, like if it wasn't for jar jar because it's funny i was when i was re-watching this like there are aspects to jar jar where if if he didn't sound like such a clown, uh, he could have been an interesting character. But I think that my biggest problem with the first two prequels is that I feel like George Lucas specifically tailored these movies to be a vehicle to sell merchandise to kids. And so his concept, instead of telling a good story, was to yeah. like create stuff that was meant to be marketed to a certain demographic. And that big demographic that he was targeting was the same demographic that went crazy for the Ewoks when, you know, um, Return of the Jedi came out. 
which was young kids. And so like it worked on Alex, but for those of us who were a little bit older and were Star Wars fans, we were really turned off by it. If I remember correctly, the stores were full of episode one merch a month before the movie even came out. It was Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a freaking Jar Jar Binks like plush doll. Jar Jar's whole existence was to, you know, be the, the character that kids like attached to the the baby Yoda character, basically. (laughs) Misa going to sell a lot of toys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and I can't, I can't fathom anyone like, you know, working on this movie and, and seeing this performance as they're shooting it and being like, George, this is a great idea. Yeah, this character is going to be beloved by all. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I wanted to get uh, Danny. So you you had a pretty good experience because you had your son with you, right? So yeah. oh, that doesn't really count. Well, episode one, episode one, not so much. Um, we you know we didn't see the the midnight showing, so it was probably you know, and he you know he wasn't even like quite one, you know, yeah. so he was still like we were holding him yeah. and stuff. So what about you? What was your experience when you saw it then? And then did you? continue to like it moving forward or did it fall so so i saw it a few times in uh in the theater and just because like i didn't want to hate it you know what i mean so like you'll you'll watch a movie again just to give you like i want to like this movie you know um and so like by the third time i was like it felt like i was like so the jedi are like pawns for the government basically (laughs) being sent to negotiate trade deals yeah. and they were they were like, like a weird like fifth pillar of government yeah you know, thing. Like, it, like they were never it was never really clearly d- defined what their role in the republic was they're the keepers of peace especially well yeah well <laughs> by this point like there's none of this we have no information basically on their gov- government involvement basically is what they they're like another division of, of of a form of government and, and that's a real problem with the prequels in general is like it's so badly defined what everything is and how it works together. Like nothing in these movies makes sense. Well, I was going to ask you guys, who do you think is the main character of episode one? There is no main character. Uh, that's one opinion. Is there anybody? No, no else? it's, it's absolutely true. <laughs> right? Like if, if, if you, if you analyze this episode one from just like a straight story perspective, it has no main protagonist. Yeah, it, it really doesn't because it starts out, you're following Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon and then you're introducing Anakin it is very much like an ensemble. So the, the, the definition of a main character is the character whose actions and decisions drive the action forward and who also it has the most transformative arc throughout the course of the movie. Uh, so the character who changes the most. But if you look at this movie, it's not really about Obi-Wan. Right. It's not really about Qui-Gon. It's not, re- it's not really about Anakin. Mm-hmm. It's not about Jar Jar. It's not about Padme. Like, like they're all there. But the focus is never really on any of them. It's about Darth Sidious, man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, because like Anakin doesn't show up until like 30 minutes into the movie. Right. Obi-Wan it's about, Kenobi, it's about 45 minutes. Is yeah. it 45? Yeah. Wow. Obi-Wan Kenobi like just is nowhere to be seen for a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, he just dis- disappears. He disappears it's for like, a while. You're going to stay at the ship. I think the <laughs> they, only they, one. They rose tea coder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only one that we're consistently with is Qui-Gon. It's Qui-Gon. From the beginning to the end, Qui-Gon yeah. is pretty much always in the center of and, attention. And you know what's funny when I was rewatching this? And it, is, it was something I'd never picked up on before, but while I was watching this, I was like, you know what? Qui-Gon's kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's a real asshole. <laughs> What's going to take your son? Like, like, like he, he consistently uses the Jedi mind trick to just manipulate and swindle people. He's like, you're going to give us a transport. And they're like, unka bunka, give you a transport. And, and then like, like, like he, 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 try, he tries to like steal the, the, 
you, you know, the light speed engine. He's like, Republic credits will do fine. Yeah. And uh, the, the Middle East. No, Republic yeah. credits no do good. It's a no good idea. We need something more <laughs> yeah. real. Yeah. That mind trick no work on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a threat there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Middle Eastern fly didn't go for it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you, still kind of Jedi? But, 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 but I mean, like, if you just, <laughs> if you know all the lines, <laughs> if, you, if you just look at how Gwygon like interacts with people, like, like there, there's a part in there where he's like, I didn't come here to Tatooine to free slaves. And you're just like, dude, <laughs> it's like, it's like, first of all, these two slaves took you into their home and have been like helping you. Yeah. It's like the least you could do is like free them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why didn't he just like tell what's his name? Watto. Watto. Just they're coming with me. Stop. Yeah. What are you going to do? I'll what are you going to do on you? All right. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's, it's also funny be, because like Watto isn't the only junk dealer in, yeah. in that place. And so he, but he's like, we have the old eight, you know. Oh, I have uh, the only uh, Nubian. Yeah. Oh, Nubian. Yeah. Ah, there you <laughs> but, but it's like, oh, you I'm love Watto. You're just going to take Watto's word for that. <laughs> like, you're not going to go shopping around, <laughs> checking out the other places. It's like, there's only one auto mechanic shop in the entire Las Vegas area. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but I mean, like, why couldn't he go to the local cantina and just like charter a, a ship off planet, you know, <laughs> with certain Republic. Credits. Yeah, exactly. 20,000 Republic credits to be yeah. exact. See, I know everything about this movie. I watched this movie so many times when I was a kid. I loved it. I it, None of this, none of the plot stuff, none of the main character stuff. No, no, Jar Jar didn't bother me that much. It wasn't until after the prequels had all, all come out. It was like 2005, 2006. And then I got introduced to red letter media and I got, <laughs> and I got educated. <laughs> but, but getting back to Qui-Gon being a complete dick, I mean, I mean, like, like he just he shows okay. he, he, he shows up to to Shimmy Skywalker's hut, and it's like, yeah, I I, I freed your kid. He's coming with me, <laughs> and the mom's just like, oh, uh, Annie, what do you think about this? And he's like, I want to get out of here. <laughs> she's like, she's like, okay, no, but she was a little bit more sympathetic than that. She's like, he was meant to be with but, you, but you know, she, he was. He but, was but, but, but dude, if, if someone showed up at your house and be like, your kid's coming with me, if I was a slave, I'd be like, my kid has a chance to be a Jedi and get out of this slave life. Yeah, all right, it's for better for him, I guess. I wouldn't. I mean, not I mean, necessarily. You, you, you kind of have to figure that she knew something was up with this kid because he was immaculately conceived. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, <laughs> I got to get rid of this kid before he kills me. <laughs> but you, you know, just with in, his mind, I, I was just amazed at how big of an asshole Gwygon was. I'd never noticed it before no, my, no. my my recent rewatch. Well, that's kind of his thing with the council too. Yeah, I don't think the council members even like him. No, no. It's like but, I'm going to do this whether you like it or not. It's like okay. Yeah, yeah he didn't like, follow the rules. Like Obi Wan was always like, "How come you're not following the rules, master?" He's like, <laughs> "Screw those guys. Those guys are lame." Yeah. Yeah, and he, he was always lecturing Obi Wan, even though Obi Wan was like objectively right. <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Obi-Wan was a book nerd. He kind of was just like, well, but the rule says I can't do that. Qui-Gon's like, so what? Just do what's right. No, <laughs> no, but it, but if you really think about it, so, you know, everyone was telling him, like, don't train this boy. And and, and he's like, I'm going to train the boy. And then his dying <laughs> wish is like, Obi-Wan, train the boy. And it, if he'd just been like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to train this boy. Like, so much bad stuff would have been avoided <laughs> or in the future. It arguably could have been worse because what if Sidious found him in the beginning? Like, ooh. You know, what if he's like, hey, there's right. some weird, weird what? force stuff going on on Tatooine. I got to go. Guys, what was Sidious's plan anyway? Because it's kind of implied that he was the one who impregnated Shemi Skywalker. Well, well, that's, not not until. That, that's in the comic books. Yeah, it's way, way, way. <laughs> well, well, well they, they, they kind of implied it in um, Revenge of the Sith. But at the same time, like his plan is what exactly? Like he wants to have this blockade of Naboo so he can do a power play for the, um, you know, the chancellor's position. But at the same time, it, it's like 
Yeah, he was the whole you know, the whole goal was to get into a, a higher place of power. So yeah. he was trying to make the current chancellor look weak by having by, by starting this war yeah, with but, the trade. But Federation. none of his actions really make any sense, like if you really think about it. Of course not. <laughs> this just, is like going deep into the weeds on that one. It's just but, one of the flaws of the movie. Yeah. It's just it was it was a, a plot for the sake of a plot. Like yeah. I need to get from point A to point B. It doesn't really matter how. Just make it happen. Like I don't think they ever really. I mean, he did this. What George did this in like one or two drafts, and he wasn't there wasn't any, there wasn't Lawrence Kasdan there to kind of check him and be like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Let's flush this out. It was all George. Mm. He was surrounded by. This is what we were going to talk about. He was completely surrounded by yes men at this point. I, I think the worst thing about the uh, episode one is is like, in, especially when rewatching it. It feels like a show reel for special effects. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like an actual movie. It just feels like, hey, here's the new technology of 1999. Um, and man, did they use that? Technology. You know why it feels that way? Because that's exactly what yeah. it was. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, hey, look at our CGI character. Hey, look at our CGI, you know, sound stages. Hey, look at our big computer in, generated. In- action sets. In their defense, though, they did use quite a bit of miniature technology and, and the, the, that, the whole Tatooine pod racing thing was all miniatures. Coruscant was miniatures. Like They did a lot of work in these movies, and it looks gorgeous. It still holds up. I, I, I don't know if it holds up as well as it should, but um, I think my biggest issue with these movies when it comes down to it is that these movies were designed around set pieces meant to showcase this new technology that Lucas was developing. And because of that, the story kind of plays like a second fiddle. It's like, let's get to the next set piece. Let's get to, you know, the pod racing scene. Let's get to the, you know, aerial battle and stuff like that. And, and, you know, the Gungan war. And so like, it it just goes, and this is a a problem with each one of the, the prequels, which is it goes from set piece to set piece to set piece just loosely strung together by a story. And this, this was actually a big problem with the, the sequel trilogy as well, where it did the exact same thing. Uh, so at least you can say it's consistent, uh, but yeah, like the, that's like a telltale sign of like a bad storyteller is where they want to get to like the big set pieces and they're not natural outgrowth of the story. It's just something that is shoehorned in there to, for spectacle's sake, as opposed to a natural kind of progression. Like when we talk about empire strikes back, there aren't, you know, other than the, the battle of Hoth, there aren't any huge set pieces in that movie, but it's, the best, arguably the best Star Wars movie ever because it's so emotionally poignant. Yeah. And none of that is present in, in the prequels, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you said you looked like you were going to say something. Yeah, so no, I was just going to say you reminded me that if you ever want to test out a new uh, surround sound system, that pod racing scene oh, is, is tits yeah. for that. It really is. I, 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 there is no complaining. At, yeah. In, yeah. 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 The, or the still bubbles. I mean, taken in isolation, like that scene's great. Yeah, but as a part of a, a larger story, it's just shoehorned into that movie because there's mm-hmm. no, really no reason why they have to do a pod race in order to you know get, get that. <laughs> it was engine. a very he, he had a, to win the bet so yeah. he could get set free. It was a very complicated <laughs> way of freeing a slave and getting enough money to get off the planet. Yeah, but I love it. I mean, frick, dude, that's that pod race was dope. I loved it every minute of it. I was like, yes, this and, is and like I love that arguably arcade the best game. part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the arcade game's great. Yeah, the, or the uh, N64 version too is pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have any complaints about like as far as like the the sound design with Skywalker sound and all the the new technology that George put in place, uh, except for maybe the Gungan battle. I don't feel like aged very well, but the rest of it, it's gorgeous, man. I I I, I, I tend to make things up that weren't probably supposed to be there in my <laughs> like head. What? It's like 
it really grosses me out when I see little Anakin talking to Padme. No one's going to hook up later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, well, it's how weird. Old, how old yeah. was she in this movie? Yeah, or like, not, not Natalie Portman, but the actress. I think she was the a character. character. She was like, like 15, right? So 14 or 15. 14 or 15. So she's like a four and a half year so, difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you guys explain the, the Naboo system of government to me where they elect no. a 15 year old no. girl to <laughs> lead them? Well, she's just a figurehead, right? Yeah, she didn't more really. Yeah. But she got but, voted. But, but no, she, she's no, not she, just a figurehead because the whole premise of the invasion is to capture her so she can sign a treaty to make the invasion legal. So she has some type of, <laughs> of actual like power. And plus she goes, she makes the, you know, the case to the Republic yeah. Senate. And then she leads the liberation movement Back maybe, on her planet. Maybe they got this weird Logan's Run thing going on on that boo. But but they always seem to elect an underage woman to lead their their, their planet. <laughs> and so I like I'm wondering like what qualifies you know she I mean I mean I, don't know, I think as far as the story is concerned, she was basically born and bred to be in politics from like day one. She was in those those classes, yeah. like she was but, but she who, was who elects a queen? She was no. groomed to do that. I don't know. Taxpayers. Because of the Naboo. Well, I don't but, think George even thought about but, it. But that guy with the beard, he, he's the Nabooian uh, or Nubian uh, planetary governor. The guy who's, you know, the guy was saying like yeah. the death troll, the death toll is catastrophic. Yeah. That guy. You must contact so, me. So like he, he, <laughs> ba- he, basically, he basically runs the planet. So what do they need a queen for? It's a, if they I, have a governor, I think you're, you're thinking too much about it. And, and why does she look like a geisha? You got to turn your brain off, man. <laughs> because star Wars, that's why, because George was like, I want this to be a spectacle. You know, it was one of my Naboo was gorgeous though. You know, it was one of my favorite parts of this movie when I was doing the rewatch and I'd never really picked up on it before, but it just kind of hit me this time around was, uh, after R2D2 saves the, the, the cruiser from, you know, being, um, destroyed. So they bring R2-D2 in front of the, the queen, who's actually the decoy. And, yeah. and Amidala, the actual queen, is pretending to be the handmaiden. And the decoy is like, Padme, go clean this R2 unit <laughs> as thanks for saving us. And I, I'm just like, did the decoy really just, just give the queen like this menial like, labor task? Clean the droids. Like, I wonder if the rest of the people on the ship are supposed to know who's the queen and who the decoys are. I don't think they do, because they're yeah, shocked because, when they reveal it. Yeah, yeah, at the, the end, because, you know... It, they didn't know. The, she stepped the worst part of this movie was that, you know, that supposed mystery of like who Padme really is. Cause I remember leading up to the release of this movie. Uh, um, what, what's her name? Natalie Portman was on every magazine cover as queen Amidala. So when we, when you went to see the movie, you knew she was queen Amidala, right. but then in the movie, they try to fool you with people <laughs> like, like, cause, cause you see her. Okay. The first time you see her, she's queen Amidala. Then the next time you see the queen, who's the decoy, it's obviously not her. And oh, you I couldn't get, tell them apart. Oh, I could. I couldn't. They were the completely the same person. Come on now. <laughs> so, so like uh, Matt, Matt was being sarcastic. So was uh, he? <laughs> totally sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. So this entire movie, they, they they're trying to fake out the audience by making you believe that Padme isn't actually Queen Amidala, even though she obviously is on so many different levels. And it's all leading up to this big reveal at the end where she comes out and she's like, I'm actually Queen Amidala. And everyone's like, oh. But like the audience figured out like the, right. the second scene into the film. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and so because of that, like, like there's so much wasted effort in this movie trying to build up to that reveal. Whereas if they had just been honest about the decoy situation at the beginning and then had it revealed to the characters towards the end, like you probably could have done a lot more with the Padme character. 
Um, but because they wanted it to have that big shocking moment, it was, I mean, and this just goes to show how bad of a director and, and writer that George Lucas really is, is, is that he, he actually thought that this was like going to be a big payoff for the audience. And you're just like, like George, what were you thinking? Again, it goes back to like, nobody was there to check him and be like, Hey man, uh, like somebody like you, so please point your angry tweets, not to uh, salty, <laughs> yeah, nerd, no, but like, to, uh, Matt, at, Matt at, at <laughs> well, you know, All another birds of prey fans too. Yeah. Another solution would have been, um, a, a different, uh, marketing approach like how much more badass would it have been had we had no spoilery visuals of Darth Maul and the first time you see Darth oh, yeah. Maul with that double bladed lightsabers when you open the door you're like Doosh. like that would have been so badass had I not already seen it in the trailer, in the trailer yeah. you know what I mean but, but I mean that moment in the trailer though like got <laughs> everyone like super like made them jizz in their pants yeah but, but it also made everybody like wonder where the hell is this character at he was oh, in the last. How, yeah, he he's in the last up, five minutes of the show. He shows up in he's a hologram. The Phantom Menace. He's the Phantom. Or no, I think Palpatine's the Phantom. <laughs> yeah, That's the other yeah. thing too. Is you never really find out who the Phantom Menace is. It's either Palpatine or Darth Maul. It, it's it's funny. One of the showings I went to on the night that I saw it three times. So there were people who were cosplaying uh, who went to go see the movie, and a lot of them were dressed as Darth Maul. And when Darth Maul got killed at the end, all all of them at the same time shouted, "No!" <laughs> I bet they were like, happy they, to they find out so, later. I mean, I mean it was, the only thing I can comp- compare it to is the Raylo seeing uh, Adam Driver oh die. Oh my god! <laughs> in, uh, in, in the Rise of Skywalker, yeah, uh, that that's the only comparable uh, thing I can think of. It's so funny. I mean, there's so much to love about this movie that it's just it's it's like he had. Equal parts, awesome. Everything's gorgeous and pretty, and oh, well, this is so yeah, cool. It was and gorgeous sounds, and pretty, and then there's equal parts cringe, where you're just like, "Why? Are you an angel?" <laughs> <laughs> I hear the deep space pilots talk about them. See, I know all the lines. <laughs> How creepy! It's is like that? you're really pretty. <laughs> I'm gonna marry you in ten years. They didn't think about that very much. Or no, I think I, I honestly think a lot of the people that were working with George were like, "Hey, maybe we should make him a little older." And George is like, "No, he's you know, I was kid. actually thinking about that very thing on the way over here today. It's like Luke Skywalker was eighteen, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and in the movie, he's like, "No, he's too young to train or too old to train," you know, and and all this kind of stuff. And he was ten, right? Ten, yeah. eleven years old. I don't know, but they could have. Up to his age a little bit to like twelve or something, and just make him the same. At, age at least made it 15. not quite so weird. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, I would, yeah. It, it would have been able to sell. Could have I, got, I would have been able a better to... actor for the character too. Oh yeah, yeah. that poor kid. I kind of. I, feel I bad do feel him. bad for Jake Lloyd. Like, because man, we were ruthless to that kid. <laughs> yeah, on the old internet. Oh uh, come time. on, he still has uh, jingle all the. So way. what you're saying is Star Wars fans have always been toxic. Always. <laughs> always. Not, not, uh, today's stuff's a little bit next level, but yeah, yeah, there's. I mean, it's always it, been there. It's it's rough though. I do feel bad for that kid because he didn't deserve it. And George, I don't feel like George protected him. Very you, well. you know, though, Alex, because you're such an outspoken critic of movies that are based around kids, <laughs> I'm actually surprised that that because you know we talked about earlier how this film felt like it was specifically manufactured to sell stuff to kids, yeah. and a big part of that is to have the kid surrogate where like the ten year old can be like. Oh, that's me yeah. up there on the big screen. I can do amazing things too. <laughs> and, and, and like, if you look at the first two movies, uh, episodes one and two, uh, they have kids in them fairly prominently. Um, and, and because of that, the, the movies just feel so dumbed down. <laughs> By the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, like it feels like George kind of 
wisened up a little bit and was like, okay, we're going to make this more for the adults. Yeah. And it's widely agreed that Revenge of the Sith is the best of the the prequel trilogies. Oh, mm-hmm. And I think it's because like he stopped trying to be all family friendly because the whole purpose of creating like the droid army and stuff like that was so he could kill bad guys without actually like killing people, you know, like, like right. it, it was, it, this was during the era where they were replacing guns with walkie talkies and ET and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Lucas was very like cognizant of these, uh, you know what he was putting out there and he was really trying to gear these movies towards children. And that was a big mistake on his part. I thought and you really don't see anything get killed in these things, right? Except for, uh, Droids and stuff. Yeah. Well, well, you see a lot Gungans. of aliens get killed. Well, G- yeah. Qui Gon, man, that, that was you know that was a rough yeah. one. Yeah, that was no, no, uh, no blood though. No. Well, his tope, his no, his, his, no his, it was uh, more like a singe mark, oh, okay. yeah, like a yeah. burn. <laughs> it wasn't blood. And even when they, no, there was red mist when he cut Darth Maul in half. That that was cool. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because that yeah. makes sense. But yeah. whatever. You know, there people were getting hit with green balls of whatever. No, they're blue. The blue energy blue, yeah, balls. Yeah, yeah. I don't whatever. understand what those things were either, but it's I don't know. It, it, the most redeeming thing about this movie is the is the last battle because I mean, cannot we have to agree that that is a huge like plus for this movie? Oh, is oh, how yeah. amazing that last battle was. You, you know what? Like when I first saw the final lightsaber duel, I was blown away. But upon each time I'm watching, it, I'm just, I'm just like. What is that room? Why are why, why are those shields on like a timer? You know, yeah. like like what's their purpose? Like what function do those shield things serve? Where they like disengage and then reengage and, and like like nothing in, in in this movie actually makes any real. What, why is there a sense. ten mile deep pit in the yeah. middle of the yeah, city in the middle of uh, Naboo uh, uh, under the palace? <laughs> yeah. There's like plasma shooting out of the ground. It's these it's, bridges that look like they belong in a video game. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, but it makes no sense. You can't think about it. Yeah, I I, I mean like if. Like, like just basic safety standards would have handrails. <laughs> There's no safety rails in any no, Star no, Wars no. movie. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. That whole place was guarded up by they. With Cloud City, rails. yeah, Cloud City had guardrails uh, in the Darth Vader fight, and because so Lando uh, was in charge. So did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did the um, the Death Star and, and Re- uh, Revenge Return of the Jedi. They had uh, guardrails there too, because remember when he cut Darth Vader's hand off? Yeah, it was like, whoa, wow, there's the guardrail. Yeah, that's, that's the next episode. That is the next episode. Okay. <clears throat> uh, real quick, before we go, we are actually going to talk about episode two, but before we do, I wanted to make sure that the listeners know that you guys can go to saltynerdclub.com. If you guys enjoy what you hear and you want to support the podcast, you can go to saltynerdclub.com. You can sign up for our Patreon, a dollar, five dollars, whatever you feel like our content is worth. We are more than appreciative of it. You guys get access to some cool new content, some behind the scenes stuff, uh, some bloopers. You get uh, stickers and t-shirts. There's all kinds of different tiers and rewards. So go to saltynerdclub.com and you can uh, help support this podcast and we can make it even better than it is already. Next up, we're talking about episode two, Attack of the Clones. Better or worse than episode one? You go. Oh boy, um, <laughs> I'm gonna go worse. Worse? Yeah. Ouch. Wow, wow. Uh, Danny, better or worse? Better. Better. Okay. Yeah. Kadish, I actually think Attack of the Clones gets kind of a bad rap, but I think that Episode One and Episode Two are equally bad. Yeah, equally equally bad's fair. Yeah, equally bad. Equally bad. Okay. Yeah. I I I think Attack of the Clones is better, but not by much. It's, every, every time oh, wow. I every time I see online, it's like rank your Star Wars movies the way you like them. Yeah. Those two movies always flip flop for me. Oh yeah. wow! So yeah, episode. I th- I was just like as much action was in that movie. I was just bored. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I, I just, I, maybe it's because the 
that was like when you ask my oldest son, that's yeah. his Star Wars movie. That's the first one he remembers seeing okay. in the theater. It's his favorite one, which I always thought episode three was his favorite. We actually had this conversation recently where he told me, no, it's actually Attack of the Clones. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, I named my cat Django. You know, nice. I was like, <laughs> you know, and uh, I was like, well, sorry, that dude's head got cut off. But yeah, so, I mean, like, so my, my memories of watching it are always, um, you know, I'm kind of watching it through his eyes and he, he loved it, you know, and like, I mean, come on, we get to see Yoda. Yeah. Kicking ass. Oh, that was cringy. Oh, come on. No, it was uh, terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, anytime, like, you probably, for example, I will defend the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles live action <laughs> reboot because my two youngest children, I took, loved it. And I, most of my friends hated it. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm watching a movie with my kids, I'm sure they do. <laughs> but when I'm watching this movie with the kids and they can enjoy it, then like I'm enjoying that they're enjoying it. Maybe maybe not so. Like maybe if I had seen that movie without them, I would not have liked it. You know. But I, I kind of liken the uh, Attack of the Clones to, to to my experience with my younger kids with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because Devin just loved that movie. He he, he uh, we saw that movie several times. He had the toys like the. You remember when they're uh, Padme and Anakin are, are tied up in the in that arena? Oh yeah, and you know that little that monster. The Dino, crab one or the no, rhino the one? rhino looking yeah, one. Rhino so one? he had those. He had that toy set up. You know, when he was a kid. And he played there's, with them all the time. Dude, and, you know, I mean, like, George knows what he's doing. He was making yeah, toys for kids. Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of really cool stuff in these movies. Yeah. It's just sad that the story doesn't hold up. But I, I don't know. Like I, I actually, yeah, I, w- I wish there had been more of the actual Clone War. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, like I love the. Uh, well, there's old TV series. Right? Well, who did, who did the... See, I haven't watched any of those, but the original uh, Clone Wars cartoon, cartoon from Cartoon Network, I forget yeah, who did those it. Those were really famous. good. Super the, good. The Samurai Jack guy. Right? Yeah, and it ends It ends right at the beginning of, of episode three. It shows yeah. you like how they get to you know, the, the Count Dooku fight, yep. which I love that, by the way, when we talk about that. But um, no, I, that was like my biggest disappointment was I was really hoping to see more of the Clone Wars that they talked about in A New Hope. And like, I was excited for like, the two biggest things I was excited about when I heard about the prequels back in, in, in like 99 was that I was going to get to see the Clone Wars and I was going to get to see the, 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 the duel between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. Right? Those were the two things I was looking the most forward to. And the, the latter we'll talk about later, but the former I just was really bummed about because it just wasn't enough. Clone they named movie. the movie after like a, 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 the last, what, Eight ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, but I think the the when I saw this in the movies, I was still ex, I was still like young enough to be excited for it, and I was ready. But I had lost some of that that fever pitch of like nerdum. I just kind of was like along for the ride. And I, I remember I recently when I rewatched this, um, I just realized like how freaking over the top everything was to the point where it was almost boring. Like, it's supposed to be like this big chase in the beginning through Coruscant. Never seen Coruscant before. Gorgeous chase. I'm like, this chase is like 10 minutes too long. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to cut a good chunk of this this chase out in order to, to keep the pace of the movie because it gets bogged down and and how tedious this chase gets through the whole city. And I, I just... It was, was, it like, was more playing with their CGI effects. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah. man, come on. And the, lo- the love story felt rushed to oh, me too. That was so like the, the huge, this, biggest This problem. is the thing I want to talk about, yeah. which is that the reason this movie gets so much flack is because the crux of it, which is supposed to be the love story between Anakin no and, and Padme, 
is one of the worst love stories <laughs> ever put on film. Like it completely derails the movie every yeah. time it's on there I, because nobody in their right mind, nobody in their right mind would fall in love with either of these two no. people, <laughs> especially Anakin. I really hate sand. Yeah. <laughs> it gets, no, everywhere. The, the, it gets I, everywhere. The yeah. thing, the thing that always comes to my mind when I, when I watch this movie and I see how terrible the dialogue is for this love scene and how these characters are well, so it's, mismatched. It's not just the, the love scene. I mean, it starts, that wasn't the first thing I noticed. Oh, he was when, super creepy. From, from the very yeah. beginning oh, yeah. of the movie, from when they're going up the elevator to Padme's yeah, apartment. Yeah. And he's being a, grown and he's, even he's, more beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Anakin's just a smarmy little smart ass to, to, to Obi-Wan the whole yeah. time. And it's just, it does, the, the dialogue didn't work. Yeah, what, one of the worst parts about this, and this goes back to there not being a main character, is that when we see Anakin for the first time in this movie, he's already turned to the dark side. He's already mm-hmm. like an evil little prick. Yeah. And, as as we go along and we see his interactions with Padme, he just gets more and more unlikable. And some of the dialogue in their scenes, like like you really have to wonder, what were the people who wrote this thinking? When, when Harrison Ford told George Lucas, you can write this stuff, George, but you can't say it. Like that right. applies 120%, 120% to all these movies. Because he didn't have anybody like Harrison Ford or Lawrence Kasdan to check him on this dialogue and be like, hey, bro, this is weird and creepy. We need to rework this conversation. Yeah, there's that line where he's like, I'm haunted by the kiss you should have never given me. Um, like So like, there's stuff that sounds good, like if you were reading it in like high liter- high literature or something like that, like, like if it was like someone's internal monologue. But when you actually hear, especially because Hay- I, I think Hayden Christensen's performance, like he was just miscast as Anakin Skywalker. I don't think he was a good choice for the role. Like his delivery Ouch. on this was just like Ouch. so. This salty nerd podcast. His, <laughs> no, no, his delivery w- was so whiny and yeah. and immature and nothing about his performance made you like him or like, I don't know any girl who's just like, Oh yeah, Hayden Christensen. I can't wait. To well, him. like that's the thing though is in some of the other movies that he's in, he's not terrible. I, I think it was just bad direction. I didn't think he was bad in episode three. I, I liked him a lot in episode three. Yeah. The, once we get the thing with three. these movies is that at the time that they were making them, the, the whole digital sound stage mm-hmm. where it's all blue screen or green screen or whatever um, was so new that a lot of these actors who are, arguably great actors like, you know, Ewan McGregor, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, um, you know, um, Natalie Portman, like they weren't used to basically having nothing to play off of. Mm-hmm. Like, like just having to imagine like their surroundings because they're just surrounded by, by blue like screen green and blue. Yeah. yeah like, like, like that was something that was kind of new when it came to Hollywood and it really affected their performances because oh, yeah. like, like they had nothing that they could like actually like ground themselves into when it came to, you know, doing this stuff and yeah. it really shows like back, like other, other forms of, uh, of CGI, the, the actors usually have like a tennis ball or there's somebody's holding a big stick with like a T-Rex head on it that like, Hey, this is where your visual is. If you look at back some of the behind the scenes stuff, you don't see that anywhere. George, yeah, there's, there's, George is like here, sit on this block of blue and imagine it's a spaceship right. and then just act like you're going really fast. It's it, it, yeah. The, the, I mean, the actors were, were at a disadvantage to begin with because they're working with the, all this new technology that George wanted to use, which is fine. I mean, pushing forward technology is, is arguably what star Wars is all about. I really think Anakin should have been more of like a Han Solo ish type character as opposed to like a whiny kind of Luke Skywalker. Well, anything that would have been more identifiable with it. Like, well, you know, you just picture Darth, Darth Vader as this big imposing kind of like manly figure. Uh-huh. And the guy they got to play Anakin it was just like, he was very slight. He was kind of effeminate. He was like whiny. Uh, it, it was nothing that really kind of, you know, made him 
ingratiate himself into well, the audience. Well, think, well, kind of to that point, um, I'm going to cross fandoms here, but this is one of the reasons I loved Michael Keaton as Batman because he looked like the guy, the kind of guy that needed to be in a suit because out of the suit, he's just so unimposing. So I kind of feel like maybe that's where George was thinking, well, I'm going to get cast this frail kind of lanky kid. No, George is just a really bad cast. And then, uh, it could be. It could be. He does not have good instincts. When you, it look at, you look at uh, Hayden Christensen, and, and you're going to think the only way that dude could be scary is if he put on like a scary suit. Okay. You, you know what I mean? You could say that about anyone, though. Oh, he would be scary if he had a scary suit on. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. But if you, I mean, if you're already yoked, and all, you, I mean, you're going to be even scarier. I mean, like you know, when you put on a scary suit. But once Hayden flipped and got turned into Darth Vader with the black robes and the hood and everything, he was pretty imposing. I don't. I, don't I, I, I had no problem believing that he could turn well, into. That's Darth episode Vader three. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll right. talk about that in a minute. But this is you know, yeah, this pertinent is to the conversation before Clone Wars start. Anakin, you know, and he's just supposed to be a. Well, he's still like a he's teenager. supposed to be a rebellious teenager, and that's how he plays off. But it just needed more work. Yeah. The the interactions he had with Obi Wan didn't work for me, and yeah, they were very and, cringy. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that, again, that all comes down to direction and right. writing, right? right? I mean, if they if they were given a better dialogue script, to back, again, you can say forward. that about any bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if very, only this movie apparent. had a good script and good actors and good direction, well, no, it would have been the good. Actors were fine. You got some of the greatest actors that are working, but I mean, it's just this. This is why people always give me a hard time because I always say. George Lucas should have hired some people to help with the script and with the acting in this movie, because it's not good. You know, it could have been good, but the performances weren't there, you know, but like we've said, it was more about making toys and playing with the computer effects. I also think Lucas's direction, like like he specifically directed these actors to not put emotion into their performances and and stuff like that. uh, Just because, you know, if you did any research into New Hope and how Lucas directed that movie and, and his kind of track record, intense. yeah, kind of a track record as a director, he's he's a very good technical director. Like he understands the technology and he understands, you know, how to do like some really amazing technophile stuff. But when it comes to directing actors and getting performances out of actors and, and crafting a story and stuff like that, he's not good. And, and when he basically removed anyone in his... Um, you know, um, or, orbit that could actually tell him that his ideas were bad yeah. and, and trying to rein him in. So he lost some of that uh, check and balance system that you need as a director in order to kind of like rein you in from like your worst impulses. And everyone uh, around Lucas, at least for the first two films before like the fan base really let him have it, um, basically was afraid to tell him his ideas were yeah. bad. Oh, you can even see it in some of the oh, yeah. behind the scenes footage. Mm-hmm. You can see it in their faces, yes. which I think they it doesn't even talk about that in the red the red letter media yeah. thing. I think he talks about that. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, you can yeah. see George sitting there with markers, like coloring. Okay, I want this CGI. Well, I know that's real. During during one of the the test screenings, there was an there was an editor it. who tried to basically voice his concern, and uh, and Lucas just obviously wasn't listening, and so he was just like, "Oh, screw it, I'm not going to waste my breath." Yeah, I mean, you can. I, I want to stay employed for the yeah. for the uh, <laughs> test screening for episode one. I mean, George straight up admits it. You know, he, the uh, was it Brad Bird? Not Brad Bird. It was another one of the other uh, technical guys that was working with George. He was like, in the span of like a minute and a half, you go from 
uh, an intense yeah, battle. That, that was the editor. That was the editor. Yeah. Okay, you're going from an intense battle with Qui Gon to mourning Qui Gon's death to celebrating the destruction of the That's pseudo great. Death Star to now you're celebrating on, on Naboo with all the junk. Like, there's so much going on in this short. And then George is like, I may have gone too far in a few places. <laughs> like, he knew, like, he knew, but then he continued it that same type of yeah. activity in episode two. A lot of the problems that episode one had were like doubled down on in episode two, yeah. where, where basically it's the same thing where you didn't have a main character. You, um, you had all these set pieces, which taken in isolation are pretty cool things, but don't work as part of a larger story. And it just feels like he was trying to do too much um, with not enough time to do it. I think episode two had, had a main character. I think it very definitely was Anakin. <laughs> you followed Anakin for the entire movie and he, didn't really have an arc to speak. He, he kind of was the same person and, and, at the end. Anakin was not the one driving the action. Who was it then? He also didn't have any character development. No, he stayed no the same character, character except for he got really pissed Anakin. and killed a bunch of people. There, there was no real main character in attack of the clones. And the most interesting storyline I thought was, was the whole kind of detective storyline that Obi-Wan goes down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you have all these disparate storylines where you have Obi-Wan, then you have Padme and Anakin and, uh, to a certain extent, you have um, like the Yoda, um, Mace Windu kind of thing going on back home. But one of the biggest problems with these first two movies, and you know, um, I guess you could lump Revenge of the, the Sith into this, is that one of the great things about the original trilogy was there was a consistent antagonist throughout oh, all yeah. of it. So like, you have this direct antagonist in Darth Vader, who's a constant menacing presence throughout all three movies. And so you're kind of building up to the big confrontation with him. A big problem with the prequel trilogy is that there is no direct antagonist throughout the movie or throughout the trilogy. And there is no clear cut main character well, throughout then, the trilogy. What about Sidious? I mean, like he's, cause, cause he, he's, he culminates he's the, as he, so I, I'm talking about direct antagonist. So, okay. so, so, someone who's actively working against the, um, yeah, the main characters. They switched up. Yeah. So, so in the, in the first movie, the direct antagonist was Darth Maul, but then they killed him off. And so then they bring in count Dooku and Django Fett, but then they, they kill off Django Fett and count Dooku doesn't really it, do anything. <laughs> well, well it, he, he dies at the beginning of the third movie. And so he, there, there is no real carryover in terms of like the, the main bad guy. For, like you, you do have Darth Sidious as like the overarching villain, but you could say he's the villain for all nine movies. Right. You know, um, so he, he's kind of like the big bad, but the direct antagonist yeah. is, was never fully developed in, in this. I think that right. the, trilo- the, the prequel trilogy loses something because you don't have this identifiable bad guy to fight against and you don't have a strong main character to root for. So it was it was a very messy kind of you know um, story structure. Can you guys imagine if if Darth Maul didn't get cut in half? He maybe was a, is a stalemate. You know, Qui Gon dies, Darth Maul books it out of there because he gets maybe Padme and her crew come and, and save, or maybe another one of those useless shields for no meaning. Yeah, it separates them, so he just leaves. <laughs> imagine if if Darth Maul had carried over through all three episodes, similar to how Darth Vader had, where he was the right hand man to Sidious, and yeah. you had a battle between him and Obi Wan consistently throughout the three movies, where you finally. Finally, gets revenge for killing his yeah. master. I think that would have been that would have been amazing. You should have. Kadish's way point is one hundred percent true. Like yeah. instead of that, you get a half movie with Maul, a half movie with Dooku, and a half movie with this guy named Grievous that nobody freaking knows about. Yeah, there's this running subplot of the mystery of the Sith, where the Jedi Council finds out that the Sith, who were thought to go extinct like a thousand years ago, are actually still active, and 
you know, in the first film, in episode one, when Guaiguan comes back to the Jedi Council and, and reports like, I on it. a Sith. Yeah, they're, they're all just like, really? I thought they were all dead. And, and so they're like, hey, why don't you take your, your teenage apprentice and, and go <laughs> investigate this a bit further and instead of getting like the whole council and being, being like, we got we to we figure this out. Like this is a number one priority right here. Like, wait, a red lightsaber you said? Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. okay, we got to do something okay, about A guy this. in black robes, huh? <laughs> red tattoos? Red tattoos? Like, he looks like, like the devil? <laughs> like, 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 like you think that they would assemble a, a t- special task force yeah. just for this, you know, because that's a big deal. But they're, yeah. they're just like, no, Qui-Gon, you, you and your teenage psychic, go go handle it. Yeah. So you've been pretty quiet. What, do you, what did you think about episode two? Did you, is there anything redeeming about it, or were you just so focused you on know, on my, on my rewatch just yesterday, it was just, it didn't change my mind at all. No. It was just not a good movie. It was, you know, I didn't, I didn't even like the, the, the lightsaber fights at the end between Yoda and and Dooku because really? it just, no. See, I still find like there's peaks of enjoyment for me. Like I really like Obi-Wan's little mystery thing and fight with Django. I was like, I was yeah, always, I, mean, that was, that was I cool. always wanted to yeah. fast forward to like the cool parts. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. the only parts that are really yeah. interesting. You know, well, you like, know I, I like, I like the stuff on the clone, the clone planet, you know, yeah, with the yeah. soldiers being yeah. made and everything. Cause, but I only really appreciated that more after I watched clone wars. Yeah. Here, here's, know, here's, here's, here's the thing though. Like, so they really set up a, you know, this rivalry between Django and, and Obi-Wan because like that's, he's kind of like Obi-Wan's antagonist in his storyline. Mm-hmm. And then at the climax of the movie, somebody else Mace Windu that. is the one who <laughs> yeah, has to face off with, with Django Fett. And, and they're and, in the same arena yeah, too. It's yeah. not like you couldn't have done it. Yeah, and, and you're yeah. like, why why didn't Obi, why, why wasn't that Obi-Wan's Exactly. Moment? Well, it's yeah. because they wanted Samuel Jackson to do something cool yeah. with his purple lightsaber. Yeah. So, this yeah. party's over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this part is over. But Sam Jackson is just Sam Jackson, no matter what he plays. So like, I, like, like, there's so many questionable decisions like that in uh-huh. these movies, where like, just <gasps> realistically, from a structural storytelling standpoint, you should have certain things in these. And, guys, and they, there's just they don't you know, do them. there's too Every, much going on, and they have the advantage of the crawl at the beginning of all three yeah. movies. So I wanted to pose this to you guys: Do you think it would have been better had they not even addressed the love story at all and just made it a part of the fucking crawl? You know, in like episode three, <laughs> you know, like so, so many years have oh, passed. The, the and like dead the, speak. The, 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 you know, I don't like know. I, I, I think the love the, has blossomed the between love story the two. Needed to be there. Oh God, it's just so terrible. It was uh, terrible, yeah. but it it's needed like, the secret needed forbidden have, love affair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I, I think you just needed a realistic romance there. Yeah, right? but like the the romance between Han and Leia and Empire, like they barely had two words to say to one another in A New Hope. But by Empire, like you got to see them fall in love with each other and you fell in love with them as a couple right. as it happened. And for, you know, for whatever reason in attack of the clones, George Lucas has this weird twisted idea of what romance is. And it, it's like frolicking and like the it's grass. Like the, with the, the first scene we have with Anakin is him straightening his robes in the elevator. He's like, Oh man, I hope she remembers me. Cause I've, I've done nothing but think about this chick. I haven't for seen for 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. And his, you know, his behavior would, would, would make any other normal girl like call the police creeper. Yeah, right. it is she said it outright. She's like, would you stop looking at me like that? You're making me uncomfortable. And he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Am I now? He's, he's like touching her bare back with his finger. Oh my God. It's so crazy. <laughs> stop. Okay. I've done nothing but think about you for 10 years. So like, the, oh, well, you're a weird little we boy. Were, and, 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 and her, her whole thing for why they can't be together. She's like, I'm a Senator. It's we, 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 super weird. We, we can't be together. Cause I, I'm a Senator. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, well, he's a Jedi. He's Jedi. A Jedi. Yeah, they're supposed to be like monks or yeah, priests. Yeah. They can't have Shaolin monks. Yeah. Well. But anyway, the you guys reminded me when you're talking about the the battle in Geonosis. I think the 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 worst thing in the world was freaking C three PO's little trot through the the droid factory. Oh, I hadn't even got there yet. Oh God, it's brutal. That is the yeah. worst. Anything. That, it, it that's yet everything else. That's yet another set piece that was just shoehorned into the movie because it, they wanted to show off. I'm sorry, but even in, even the cartoon Clone Wars, which everybody loves, I, they they make R two D two into a freaking superhero. The dude can do anything. Oh, you know what's funny is I noticed this when I was watching the movie yesterday. Is there's a scene where they're back on Naboo where R2 is struggling to go up steps, <laughs> right? Struggling yeah. to go up steps. Yeah. And they go back to the factory, you know, the next day. And he's like flying. And he's around. flying around with his jetpack <laughs> and stuff. It was, it, was, it was funny, yeah. I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't like that stuff. Like, I'm a, this, is what, this is the type of thing that makes me a purist yeah. for like the original trilogy because I'm like, none of this stuff exists. This Kenny, is, Kenny Baker would not be flying around with his jetpack. No, this is nonsense. Jetpack. Kenny yeah. Baker. Rest in peace, buddy. Um, yeah. I, any other thoughts about episode two or are we, are we done bashing on it? Because I, I feel like we, that's all we've done so far. Is there anything anybody liked about this movie besides like lightsaber fight? or anything like that i mean i liked all the yeah i liked all the yeah i liked all of the uh obi-wan's you know plot i mean we already pointed out it's a you know we didn't get the payoff with him and uh in jango fat but everything's just so contrived in this movie yeah i mean i liked uh you know i still was like oh damn when anakin gets his arm cut off you know what i mean so it's just i like the uh the little subsonic explosion things in the asteroid field (laughs) i was just gonna say that that. dude it's like what was that sound effect supposed to be i don't know but it was amazing it's it's the same sound effect they use for the dark knight sound effect soundtrack (laughs) that ball yeah. It was weird. It was a really, I mean, there's really cool elements to all these movies and they're just, they're again, technically it's awesome. Yeah. You, Script and acting. Yeah, I, 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 I do have to say my, my favorite part of this movie, which is, um, I can remember when I was in the theater, uh, the moment where Yoda whips out his lightsaber, everyone lost their shit. They did. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like they, and I, I still, to this day, I, I love the moment where I finally get to see Yoda fight with a lightsaber. Now I know it's not, in keeping with his character. But at the same time, I, I was like, you know what? It was cool. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I'm like, what? Like, it, yeah, who did that? That was Jude. Wow. Yeah. That's a real cool. Um, the thing about that is like, I don't want to poo poo on what you like, but it's, like when uh, uh, when Dooku's like, obviously our our battle cannot be decided by who's stronger in the force. Like, yes, it freaking can. Yoda can yeah. whoop your ass. Yoda would whoop his ass. <laughs> so he's all like, I, don't, I but, just don't understand why Yoda just didn't the, take it to him. The greatest part was like after he has that big crazy fight and he's jumping around doing all those acrobatics. He picks up his cane. He, yeah, he just picks up his cane <laughs> and he like hunches back over and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he just goes back to being old Yoda. Hobbles over. And, and the force wh- is a powerful. Wh- wh- while I was rewatching it, every time Yoda showed up on screen. Uh, Jude was like, "Oh look, it's old baby Yoda. It's old baby Yoda." <laughs> he had a floating. I, I kept being like, "No, it's just Yoda." <laughs> he had a floating uh, little, yeah. little bassinet in that movie too. He would sit yeah, in a floating chair. Uh, before we get to episode three, <laughs> real quick, I just wanted to let our listeners know that there's another way that you guys can support the podcast. If you're lurking, lurking. If you're looking for some cool uh, merchandise uh, with our logo on it or a funny saying from the show that you like, you guys can go over to saltynerdstore.com. It takes you directly to our spree teespring account 
And uh, there's a whole bunch of different stuff there. There's mugs, stickers. We're going to work on getting some hats for you. Uh, shirts, of course. You can get the Salty Nerd Warrior shirt, which is uh, one of our favorites. Salty over here. Justice Warrior. Salty Justice Warrior. What did I say? Salty Nerd Warrior. Salty yeah, Justice you, you Warrior. You did it wrong. I did it completely <laughs> wrong. That's all right. It'll, we'll leave it in here. Uh, so again, that's uh, saltynerdstore.com. You guys can head over there to uh, check out some of our merchandise. And of course, you can also head over to saltynerd.com and check out all of our awesome content and videos and YouTube and podcasting stuff that we do. So yeah, we, we, put up, we put all of our content up on that site. Tons of fun. So uh, if you're curious about why one of our shirts says something goofy, like don't poo poo pants what I like or something, just you can head down to some of our older episodes and you can find out what the inside joke's all about. Or, I don't read movies. I don't read movies, yeah. <laughs> Is that one up there yet? <laughs> I'm not a freaking plucky side. <laughs> Each have deserved better. Each have deserved better. There's all kinds of cool stuff in there. You guys can go check it out. That's saltynerdstore.com. All right, episode three, Revenge of the Sith, universally, almost universally seen as the best of the prequels. But that's like kind of saying the flu is better than coronavirus. <laughs> you know, guys, <laughs> no. I was so excited about this movie. So I, uh, I, when I lived in tech, I lived in Texas when episode three came out and star Wars celebration three took place a little bit before it. And, um, I borrowed my aunt Linda's RV and I took uh, my wife at the time and, and Devin, my oldest son, and we went uh, to Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, enjoyed uh, Celebration 3. Had a blast. And uh, I got uh, a bunch of, like, I still have a lot of the stuff. You know, I got, like, the exclusive uh, Darth Vader Celebration 3 action figure that I had to wait in line and, uh, overnight for. But it was a lot of fun because all the other dudes in line, we had lightsaber duels, and we just, like, talked and, like, about all kinds of shit. And it was, you know, we were, you know, and mostly we were doing the duels just so we could be active to keep warm because it was, like, snowing and bitterly cold and there was <laughs> ice everywhere. Um, and uh, they showed, like, one of the things, like, you know, they showed the, the trailer and, like, they had all the panels and stuff. So we were primed and excited uh, for it. I bought, uh, I bought uh, the... Well, what were those called? Those really expensive lightsabers, like you know, back then. They, who put those out? The uh, Force FX or something? The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Something proper replica or something like that. Mm-hmm. Force FX. So we, uh, you know, we got a couple of those, and then it even says on it that you're not supposed to play with them. But like, we, oh, we, of course you do. But we totally, <laughs> totally did. And um, so when we went and saw the midnight showing in in Texas, um, I think we went in like it was like Kingwood, Texas at the time. Um, I actually got pulled over on the way to the on the way to the theater. Oh no. <laughs> Which, you know, it was all good, whatever, you know, I got out of that. And then um, we made it to the theater and everybody's like cosplaying. We have our lightsabers and stuff. And Devin is like, you know, looks like Anakin. He's got the Anakin haircut, you know, like from, from, yeah. from Phantom Menace. And uh, I'll never forget it, man. It was so dope. Uh, when we get into the theater, it was one of these theaters where it had like, a, like almost like a stage like area in front of the screen. And there were dudes down there like from um, just local Star Wars clubs having lightsaber duels. And when they saw Devin come in, they go, look, it's the chosen one. And they just grab my kid <laughs> and involve him. And I'll, I'll never, like this dude was jumping around and rolling around and making my son look dope. I mean, my son didn't know what the hell he was doing, but he, he looks so cool. That's and awesome. uh, so, yeah, so like I just have like this like, really happy, fond, other than getting pulled over on the way, but, <laughs> like this really happy, fond memory of the whole, like, you know, from Celebration 3 to the experience at the theater before it came out into watching the movie. And I was just on such a high of like, you know, like the whole dad family thing that I I fucking love that movie. And and I (laughs) rewatched it and I still fucking, I have no shame in saying it. I fucking love that movie. A lot of people feel that way. It's a, it's a good movie. I'll tell you my experience with 
seeing this for the first time. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I was in the South of France. I was at the Cannes Film Festival, and this was like the premiere of Revenge of the Sith. Like uh, I can remember George Lucas was there. He had rented out the Queen Mary, this huge luxury liner uh, that, you know, he had members of the cast staying there. And like, it was like a big deal at, at, Cannes, at the Cannes Film Festival. There were like signs everywhere with Darth Vader on it saying Revenge of the Sith. And uh, the day that it was set to premiere at the main theater at the film festival, they had kind of like a, a pre um, uh, Star Wars festival that, that they took all like the fan made short films and showed them in the big theater. And so I went and saw that. And then that evening I got to dress up in my tuxedo and walk down the red carpet Ooh, wow. and, you know, go to see the premiere of, of this movie. And, you know, I was, I was up in the nosebleed seats uh, in, in the balcony and I, I was just like super excited to, to, to see this thing. Cause even though I didn't like the previous two movies, I, I was like, you know, this is going to be an experience and you know, how often do you get to see a star Wars movie with George Lucas in the audience and stuff like that. And, uh, I, I can just remember like just praying and hoping like, I, I really hope that th- this is going to be a good movie, good star Wars movie. And you know, I watched it and I, I was just like, Nope. <laughs> and I, I can remember when I was walking out of the theater, uh, you know, I'm surrounded by, you know, industry people and people who, you know, are genuine star Wars fans and we're all dressed up in our tuxes and we're walking out and everyone's just like, uh. <laughs> they just look so different. They're, they're like, we were really hoping that it would end on a high note. And uh, it was just, you know, I mean, it is the best of the prequels, but in my opinion, it's still just not a very good movie. It's, uh, I wish I could tell you my experience for this movie, but I don't remember it. <laughs> Why were you I, I really, I know I saw it in a theater, but I think I was so like drained from the previous two movies <laughs> that I was just like, all right, let's go watch this thing and yeah. be done with it. But uh, yeah, it's by far the best of the first Three movies of the prequels, but uh, it's got the absolute it, best lightsaber duel. Oh, one hundred percent out of 100%. all nine films. Yeah. And I, I was just gonna say, when I watch this movie now, I just kind of fast forward until, <laughs> until, until, the, until the throne room scene when yeah. he goes, "Now rise, Lord Vader." Yeah, gonna, then I start watching the movie. because yeah. that's when it gets good. You know, so. he starts killing kids. Yeah, <laughs> when Jeez. the younglings die is when the movie starts. So, so dude, to me, that's like, oh, that's so brutal. That was rough, man. <laughs> Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say this movie has the best opening shot of any Star Wars movie ever. Oh, yeah. I, okay, this is, this is kind of going to kind of harken back to the other one where I, it was the chase scene in, in Coruscant. It was just so freaking long. I was like, "All right, can we just can we just?" No, I'm talking about I'm talking about like the, the opening the, shot, like yeah, the, the first shot. like the first ten seconds when they're flying. Oh, when they're the flying ships. in between the ships. Yeah, but uh, like after that, like, point, like, like, like it's it's kind of um, you know it's kind of low key, and you see these two starships, and then they go past like the big yeah. capital ship, yeah. Yeah. and everything is just like. Expanse, it, yeah, exploding just, uh, right, right in orbit. And, you know, I, I can remember when this movie came out on video, I got like the Blu-ray mm-hmm. and I watched it on my high def TV for the first time. And it almost looked like 3D to me. Like the, the, the graphics were just so it incredible. Gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Like that, is, that opening yeah. shot, it just, it blows anything else away out there. Yep. Yeah. I, I still feel like you could probably cut a good. I think my, three, my, my favorite is still the first one from the first movie. It's oh, always yeah. going to be, but oh, episode four, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. freaking totally. But uh, no, but this this one's good. It's yeah. up there. It was up there. I, I right. this movie, 
at this point in time, I was old enough to kind of know that these weren't great movies. Right. So I had, I had already been like turned to the dark side by like red letter media and other things like that. I was like, okay, so these movies aren't great. Let me try and at least get some enjoyment out of it. (laughs) And I remember watching, um, this one. And as soon as they had R2 doing some weird freaking slapstick comedy stuff with the droids and he was like squirting oil on them and, and lighting them up. I was like, really, are we doing this again? Well, didn't he do that? He did that kind of stuff in, uh, in, uh, uh, return of the Jedi. He wasn't flying around like, well, no, he, they, it would have made more sense if he was at, at, at Jabba's floating thingy, but like he, he did some, uh, what did like, he do? He, he like, he would, he'd he like electric zap some people. Salacious he, crumb with a, yeah. with a taser. Yeah, I, I mean, you know? That's not anything compared to that. I know, but <laughs> I'm just saying the seeds were already planted. There. I guess. Yeah. I mean, this like, I, yeah, this is uh, definitely like everything George did in the originals. He just amped it everything. I can yeah. to 11 in the, yeah. in these prequels, but I, I just, I was like, all right, man, uh-huh. can we, and then I really, really like, I think you, said you mentioned it too i really liked the fight between anakin and dooku i thought that was dope. oh god yeah at the beginning yes. oh I, oh my god yes. i actually it got taken down i put it on youtube so this would have been like 2000 i don't know it came out in 05 yeah, yeah so this would have been probably 06 because i i waited for the like to rip it off of the dvd yeah. but i set the whole like that opening scene to uh, a deftone song <laughs> called rapture <laughs> And it it was like like every time they were like because that, that it's just so rapid you know yeah. and when the two of them are fighting and and that and that song's got a lot of like boom boom da boom boom da and it just seemed to like to link up. oh my god but YouTube took it down because that was before they they did the thing where like if you used music that they would put ads on it like yeah. it was back when they would just take the shit down you know what I mean it's gone I, you know I always kind of feel like Obi Wan should have taken Anakin aside. And said, "Hey, you know, we need to have a talk about beheading people." <laughs> yeah, about you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't know that he killed him, though, or he knew Do he it. killed him, but he didn't know so, how. Speaking of Obi Wan, the, the worst part of that fight is when Obi Wan gets knocked out, and then that thing falls on top yeah. of him. Oh, he gets crushed. It, well, it, it should have crushed his leg, yeah. but he's should've, like, he's like, nah, he's fine. He should have broke him in half. Yeah, man. leave him. Yeah. Oh, we'll never make it. His fate <laughs> will be the same as ours. <laughs> yeah, you're a better actor than Hayden Christensen, Alex. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, no, th- th- there's like, again, it's the same story over and over again. I feel like I'm repeating myself too many times, but it's always like there's this, this level of awesomeness, but then it's subverted by this level of cringe, like right next to it. It's just like, oh my God. It's like we have this really cool, badass lightsaber fight yeah. and beheading. And then we got the uh, giant capital ship landing on the airstrip or whatever <laughs> on worry. the planet. <laughs> we're only, we're already, or what do you say? We're, uh, we're still flying half a ship. Yeah. <laughs> That thing would have dropped like a oh my god, like rock. a rock, just straight yeah. down. There's no yeah. flying. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. <laughs> and so like, what, what about? Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on uh, Dooku? He was fleshed out more in that Clone Wars two part uh, yeah. cartoon movie that I, that I like. But like, what did you think about his inclusion in the actual movie itself? In the prequels, I, I it's it feels kind of inconsequential and kind of out of nowhere because mm-hmm. I mean you you like, kind of barely in these movies. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. kind of get the idea that he was Qui Gon's old master, but there's no real context for that. You never you don't even really know Qui Gon yeah, that well. You, you don't you don't know why he left the Jedi Order. Yeah, or there's anything. no information about him. He's very mysterious. Like, like how he became an apprentice of uh, of Sidious. Like, like, like there, there really there's, is so there's, little. There, there's, of, yeah. certain, there's no emotional attachment to the character, no, except for the for fact anything. that it's Christopher Lee and yeah. he's a badass. And he really didn't do anything until you know uh, Anakin and Obi Wan kind of faced off with him. Like yeah. uh, before that, he was just kind of like this leader of a 
rival um, political faction. But the way Obi-Wan kills him is so brutal. It makes me think, like, no, why? Anakin. 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 Anakin uh, Dooku. Or, or, or no, he doesn't kill him. Like, he does the thing where he, like, crushes his heart. Like, in, when, when, the, when they're fighting um, on, the, on that cliff thing. And he's just like, uh, yeah, because do, doesn't he shoot him? In the movie? Yeah, in the movie. You're talking about Grievous. Yeah, I am talking about Grievous. Who are you guys no, talking we're, about? We're talk- you said we're Dooku. 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 Oh, Christopher shit. Lee, Dooku. I, I, okay, it's the booze getting hold <laughs> <Darn. of> <laughs> <laughs> No, So, no, I, I meant, uh, yeah, I meant, uh, I meant Grievous. General Grievous. Yeah, General yeah. Grievous. Yeah. He's, that's okay, see, that's another thing. Like, I, I, in concept, General Grievous is really cool, and it's kind of like a little bit of a hint to, like, where Anakin's He was much like, better in the cartoon. Though. Oh, oh, yeah. God. Oh, Everybody's yeah. much better in the cartoon. Yeah. But, uh, like, it's kind of a hint of where Anakin's going to ultimately end up. He's going to be more machine rather than man. That was, yeah. like, it was like a hint as to what's going to happen. But my thing is, it's like, didn't, didn't he do something? Like, because um, I didn't get to finish three before this. So it's been, it's actually been a, a little bit since I finished, you know, doing another yeah. watch through that. But, um, I remember, didn't he do something where he like crushes his chest or something? No, like with the uh, force? So, so like he, he opens up um, his breastplate to see that he actually has an organic beating heart there, Obi-Wan does. Yeah. And so uh, that gives him a target for when he uses the blaster. The blaster, right. okay. All right. So uncivilized. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I mean, Grievous is cool in concept, and it, but again, it was one of those villains that just kind of came out of nowhere. We had yeah, no context. And, and unless you watch the... The Cartoon Network, like shorts for the Clone Wars, like mm-hmm. you had no context as to who Grievous was. Yeah, yeah. it was very. It was but man, they're again, they're so good though. God. Grievous and Dooku were both fleshed out a lot in the Clone Wars animated series, and you know that's another show. But yeah, um, it's actually next, I think. Yeah, next week. Yeah, cool. But anyway, um, so, so the plot of this movie, it's way simpler than the other two. It's just the fall of Anakin. Yeah. It, and I think it's a it, much more cohesive story than the other two movies. Yeah, very yeah. much so. And I, I did enjoy this. The the movie itself, I don't feel like fails quite as much as the other two. And uh, it's actually, I, I enjoyed it. I watched it again recently. I haven't watched it in a long time. I watched it again recently. And I was like, besides some of the more cringier parts, again, love story, George Lucas cannot write for dialogue for love stories. Because that moment when they're in that, they're together in their little apartment and they're like, no, I'm so in love with you. Oh, it was because I've blinded you. It's like, Oh my God, dude, no, all of that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you know, what gets me about that though? Um, so the Padme love story. So in attack of the clones, there's that scene right after he, you know, wipes out the, the sand people who yeah. killed his mother and he's going off. It's like, but it wasn't just them. I killed the women. I killed the children. He's like, and he's like doing his like exposition whiny dump. And, uh, you know, Padme, you know, she's like, oh, I've never been more turned on in my life. Uh, but, but then, like, in Revenge of the Sith, um, you know, Obi-Wan comes to her and he, he's, he's like, he's like, Anakin killed the younglings. And she's like, that's not Anakin. He would never do that. I it's like, know. like, he literally confessed to you that he killed women and children, you know, in the last movie. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that doesn't sound like Anakin. It's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> There's a there was a pretty good argument about that scene. I mean, we're kind of going backwards to episode two again, but somebody had did a, a video essay about um, defending the idea that Padme could still have feelings for him after he had confessed doing that. And essentially, it comes down to like, if you consider them not to be human, like if you were to look back at some old Western movies when they're the the 
cowboy would go and say, I have to go kill these Indians or whatever. Like Padme had no context for what sand people were. She'd never even seen one. She'd only heard the horror stories about all these right. nomadic creatures that would come and kidnap people and kill you. And I see. So it's and, different than killing, you know, like yeah, humanoid. Yeah. It's not children. Like, it's not a bunch of kids at a Jedi temple who were defenseless. Which, it was like, Oh, it was just these, these monstrous things that live in the desert. Yeah, you got to love how they, they, they call them younglings. That way they, they don't, don't have to have that line of dialogue where they actually say he murdered <laughs> children. But you know, but you know, Padme is the type of character where she wouldn't make a distinction. Yeah. On that. Yeah. No. That didn't make and and it's, it's, it's kind of funny because she's actually more politically aligned with the separatists who are like the quote unquote bad guys. in, in yep. this movie. that's actually in a deleted scene where it was kind of like the, the rumblings of a rebellion where she was basically part with, she was with, uh, or, uh, Bail Organa, Mon Moth, a whole bunch of other people and they were talking about like basically um hey guys we're kind of the bad guys in this situation like it was a whole conversation and it was it was part of the movie but ultimately ultimately got cut out which is kind of a bummer because it does show that little spark of a rebellion that padme was involved in which is kind of cool for her character but then again, well let's i mean i don't know i think one of the biggest elephants in the room for that for episode three Besides, like the no <laughs> at the end, Frankenstein was was, uh, was fucking like how lazy of a writer is George Lucas with that death scene with Padme? She just lost the will to live. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know how many fucking times I've lost the will to live? I'm still here. Jesus Christ! You know, if it were that fucking simple, there'd be a lot less of us here. Okay, you know? yeah. So. I'm going to address that because I felt the same way you did. I was like, what the crap? That's a cop out. Yeah. Like, what is she doing? She yeah. just had two children. She yeah, doesn't stay alive. Live like, for your babies. So the, I feel like now that I've watched the going. movie multiple times, and of course I've had conversation after conversation with like super Star Wars nerds, is if you look at the movie and if you look at the context of what is happening, the droid is the one who says that. It's not her. The droid's like, we don't know why she's dying. It seems like she just lost the will to live because according to this computer, she just... She's not coming back, and we don't know why. But if you look at the context of it, of the scene building between Anakin being rebuilt into Darth Vader, and he's supposed to be dead. I mean, the dude is in rough shape. And then you have Palpatine kind of like just sitting over him, like watching the creation of this Frankenstein monster. I like the idea that he is somehow manipulating the Force to take the power from Padme and keeping Anakin alive. See, if they and that's actually, why he said at the end, in your anger, you killed her. He put the blame on him, see, but obviously- If they had actually made that clear in the movie, that would have been brilliant. It would have been. No, I was just <laughs> thinking, damn, man, you should have been like- I think know, that's- uh, You're making the movie better. I think I think that's super nerd um, It's a solid right theory, though. I think it's a solid theory. It, it, no, that's Alex, so you're using your headcanon to make up for the movie's <laughs> shortcomings. Like, like Seriously, like what you just came for up sure. with- is like 10 times better than what was in the actual movie. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but you know what? It's going to make me enjoy it more. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> that's what's going on in my head from now on too. Yeah. It's a good Absolutely. it's a good theory and it yeah. works, you know. You I mean again, it's headcanon. Yes. I'll I, I'll I, agree I, with you. I like I like it However, better. I like it better than Palpatine just trolling Vader. He's, yeah. he's like, "Oh yeah, you killed your <laughs> you love. You killed your <laughs> wife." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, like like Jude would, you know, Jude doesn't like Star Wars, but we were watching it uh, together the uh, last night and um the moment where Palpatine just starts like over overacting, um, oh you know, a, a, after he kills Windu, yeah, like, like she literally started cracking up. It was so because in Mace Windu's in, not in dead. Uh, like over the top performance, like once he goes full Palpatine, yeah, he turns yeah. into the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, like there was a moment where, like, you, you know, he no, like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like after he shocks Windu, like he he kind of goes like. Ah. 
He like, almost looks like he's going to pass out. Drew just started Dude, laughing. He straight has a freaking boner when he's knighting Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. henceforth, <laughs> you will be known as Darth, Darth Vader. <laughs> you guys do that so good. Hey, did, did you guys notice that in, in his fight with Yoda, he had the high ground? Which is why you. <laughs> <laughs> any, any of you guys notice that? Unlimited power. Yeah. I did. That was no. a really dope fight. Though. It was. Like, but as much as we made fun of Yoda, kind of like hopping around like a frog in episode two, like oh, when he goes up against Palpatine. That's a, yeah. That's awesome. I, although I don't get his running away, but I want to go back to. I don't think Windu's dead. I really, I don't. I don't think he got his hand cut off. He got electrocuted electrocuted out of a window. And like we've seen Jedi make huge falls and and jumps and stuff like that. And Samuel L. Jackson did a an interview recently where he was like, he was just trying to. Where he was like, no, I'm still alive. Windu's still alive. (laughs) And like I think I read like he. uh, I'm sure it's out there. People can Google it. But he even talked to to George Lucas about it. And George Lucas was like. Sure, yeah, sure. George, yeah, George, <laughs> sure. George pretty if much. If you want to think he's still alive, buddy, he's still alive. George pretty much does yeah. whatever Samuel L. Jackson says. He does. Hey, yeah. man, can I get a purple lightsaber? Yeah. I was like, yeah, right. all right, I guess. But so. they're, uh, I mean, hey, you know, like uh, <laughs> if Disney Plus runs out of ideas, like let me, give me a Mace Windu, like uh, Kung Fu type series where he's like old and he's got his fake hand and he's just like doing good deeds like around the <laughs> yeah, yeah, super low key yeah, you know that would so be dope man that'd season, be so dope season four of the Mandalorian come on yeah that'd be so good it would be pretty so cool so guys there there was some stuff I noticed in my rewatch that I'd never noticed before when I was watching this and it kind of has some odd ramifications for this franchise as a whole so one of my least favorite movies of all time not just Star Wars is The Last Jedi yeah and there were so many things in the last Jedi that just like rubbed me the wrong way. And one of them was the, the inclusion of fuel in the star Wars universe. Cause okay. yeah. Cause when, when they got to the, the whole like running out of fuel stuff, I was like, star Wars never used fuel before completely stole from Battlestar Galactica, but by the way, in this, in, in this movie in revenge of the Sith, there's a scene where Obi-Wan says my ship needs fuel. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, Oh my God. There's precedence when he was on Star Wars ships, yeah, needing fuel. Well, he was flying around in like a little dinky personal sized ship, yeah, though. He was, but uh, he still said, so, "My si- ship needs fuel." Since you brought up the the, the last Jedi, I'm I not just, sure if I'm ready for this conversation. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I just want to say. So when I left, something that the prequels never did to me. People talk all the shit they want about. Them. We talk all the shit. We yeah. Want well, about. here's the thing. When I left the last Jedi, I felt like I got kicked in the dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I walked out of that theater. Uh, you know, oh, like yeah. my, you know, that's the feeling yeah. only men know mm-hmm. yeah. in, in the pit of your stomach <laughs> yeah. after you just got kicked in the balls yep. real hard. Yep. Yep. That's how I felt when I left the theater. None of the prequels made me feel like that. No, yeah. none Dis- of them disappointed, but not, but not defeated. Like, yes. Yeah. You know, so I just want to say like when you do your little lists, yeah. it's always for me, the, the bottom three, you know, I yep. mean, you're going to, well, like the, the tail end one is going to be the last Jedi. Yeah. And then right above that is probably like the Phantom Menace, and then right above that. We'll do this. We'll yeah, do we'll this do on, the, on the last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about but it. In, in addition to the fuel aspect, so there's a part where, okay, so you know how in, uh, like we gave Rise of Skywalker crap about Palpatine you know, not being dead. Yeah. So there's a part where Palpatine is talking about the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. Oh, fantastic. And it's implied that Palpatine was Plagueis's apprentice, and he killed Plagueis once he had learned everything there was to to teach him. Right. And Darth Plagueis had learned how to conquer death, 
And so it's basically been established that, yeah, Palpatine can't die. He knows how to conquer death because he learned it from Darth Plagueis. And therefore, that gives justification to his return in episode nine. Are you saying he learned an ability that, that was quite unnatural? Yes. <laughs> but, but if you look at episode three, where he's given that talk about Darth Plagueis um, to Anakin, you can now justify him returning in episode nine because they basically lay it out right there that Palpatine knew how to conquer death. I'm shocked that you were even trying to defend that movie. I'm not trying I'm to defend it. I'm, I'm like, it's the, the groundwork for it's there. Yeah. So like, I can't really criticize episode nine for that particular thing. I mean, I can, but I'm not justified in doing it. That's, that's, you know what I don't understand. Solid it's reflection. A, it came out later because I was a little confused uh, when I left that movie. Um, that so Palpatine was a clone, yeah. and if you see see that okay, so I, heard, I I didn't think he was, but like I've been reading all these things where they're like, yeah, you know that that guy from uh, Lord of the Lord of the Rings even says, oh, so you you know like that that throwaway line where he's like, so Palpatine's figured out cloning technology or something like that, which like is stupid because obviously he knew it because it was way back in the prequel trilogy and all your your troopers are clones and stuff. Um, they make a lot of references to clones in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, but I don't like if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be a clone. Why would you have all like those fucked up hands and like <laughs> yeah. you know no ha- no, no bottom half like, your body and yeah. you're gonna be held up? Anyway. I, I, I think the theory that I like the best is that okay, so when he died in the when when he died in Return of the Jedi and he basically had that explosion of dark force energy. Yeah. So like that was him kind of you know uh, where a light side Jedi becomes one with the force, a dark side Jedi when he dies kind of um, explodes with the dark side energy and he's not reabsorbed, but he can reform, but he's all like messed up when he does reform. Uh-huh. And the so fact like, that we got to do all of this yeah, extra, all these mental gymnastics, the dots, yeah. you know, Jesus. So, so like, even though like Ray, Ray quote unquote defeated him, uh, he's just going to reform at a certain point, And this goes back to Darth Plagueis conquering death. Mm-hmm. Did Plagueis conquer death for other people? Didn't he say in the, in that speech to Anakin that like, Ironic, he could stop other people from dying, but not save himself. I've, I always thought the implication there was Sidious killed him. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, 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 his apprentice killed him. Absor- yeah. Absorbed his, his energy and yeah. knowledge. Yeah, yeah, that's a. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. So an, another last Jedi connection. I promise this is the last one. <laughs> uh, so th- there's a part right after Yoda escapes from Palpatine, and uh, Bail Organa kind of comes and rescues him, and he's like, uh, you know. Uh, Failed, I have go into exile. I must. Yeah, and I, I sit there and I watch that line. And first of all, it's a stupid rationalization for just giving up and going into exile <laughs> when you're like the most powerful living Jedi there there is. But on top of that, like I, I sat there and I listened to that line. And I was like, wait a minute. In the Last Jedi, Ghost Yoda shows up and he says, "Failure, the greatest teacher is." You know, you know, like he gives Luke this big speech about how like the greatest teacher we have is failure. And, and he learned from his failure, oh, I got to go into exile, which is basically what Luke did. <laughs> and so it's, it's, like, it's like, what exactly is Yoda teaching? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Oh, I, I hate The Last Jedi. I fucking I just, hate The Last Jedi. It just Jedi. dawned on me I'm going to have to rewatch that stupid You movie. are, yeah. Uh, we haven't announced it yet, but uh, well, I guess I kind of, I announced it to the Patreons, but we're yeah. doing a full month of Star Wars. So next uh Next week we're doing the spin-offs, Rogue One, Solo, and we're yeah, we're, we're watching Rogue everything in chronological order. Rogue One is so yeah. good. 
I'm telling you, man, you watch Rogue. Somebody put it online. I don't know if you've seen it, where they took the last couple minutes. Oh yeah, and just of Rogue One it. and spliced it to the beginning of New Hope. It's perfect, and it's fucking, dude. Yeah. It's so good. It's good. Save oh, it yeah. for next week. <laughs> yeah, next week we'll talk about Rogue One. But any uh, any final thoughts? I mean, obviously, we all love the the um, Anakin versus Obi Wan battle. It's best, just best sword fight. Fantastic. Best well, fight here's ever. something I do want to say about this that uh, I, I said a while ago. Um, I uh, X Men First Class. I okay. Love, okay. I fucking love that movie, and I love the relationship between Xavier and and Magneto, right? Mm-hmm. Professor X and Magneto, and to me, that felt like what they should have done, what they wanted to do with Anakin and Obi Wan, because it was just so mm-hmm. like I felt it more in First Class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, fuck, at the end of this, like these two dudes really do fucking love each other, but they're just so fundamentally opposed, yeah. you know, philosophically. Philos- yeah. That they, they just, they, they have to be at odds with one another, but they, they genuinely love and, each other like brothers. And I never felt that way with Obi-Wan and Anakin other than like the, like just the exposition. We're like, you were my brother. I loved yeah. you. Blah, blah, blah. Which yeah. is funny. Cause in the, the second movie, uh, Anakin's always referring to Obi-Wan as a father figure. Yeah. And, and, Obi-Wan in the third movie is like, you were my brother. But, you know, in a, in a properly planned trilogy, in a properly planned story, you would have a buildup to that type of fallout and confrontation where it felt like each each of the prequel tr- movies were kind of almost like self-contained mm-hmm. to the point where they were too episodic. They, they didn't build up to anything. Yeah, and I, I just didn't care as much as I wanted to care about their falling out. And like, I didn't realize it until I saw first class and I was like, fuck, this is exactly, that's how that should have been. You know, I totally feel that. That's, I think to me that that last half of that movie is so much better because that's the movie that I wanted to see since I was 12 years old. Right. You know, I wanted to see that, that last fight. I wanted to see how Vader was made and all the buildup to that was just fluff. Yeah. You know, so, is there any truth to that rumor that Spielberg helped direct that that fight scene? Because like, I, oh, I, I read that a long time ago. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes footage, and there, I don't see Spielberg anywhere in there. So I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to find out for sure. But Spielberg's been known to kind of ghost direct a lot of stuff, especially like for his friends. That yeah. shit was good. Um, but, <laughs> but but the worst part of that fight is, is the end, where it's like it's over, and I have the high ground, and you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> Well, I don't know, man. I mean, but, again, like, like, kinda... like Anakin could have just like hopped off over that little patch of lava there and continued fighting, fighting uphill though. I don't know. I, I like, I like that. It's kind of a callback to, uh, um, episode one where Darth Maul very clearly hide the high ground and Obi-Wan got the upper hand on him because he, he was cocky. You know, mm-hmm. he, Oh, I have the high ground. I'm good. I'm just going to mess with you well, for a little while. But then go ahead. Why did Obi-Wan just leave him there? He, I, I don't because he couldn't bring him. He couldn't bring him. him to kill him. He couldn't walk over to him to slaughter he, him. He could have taken him somewhere and had him fixed up. And then, what? and then, then what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think, he I probably think just he assumed just, he was going to die because yeah, I mean, he, he catches on fire when he when he's burning he up while he melting. walks away. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't think he expected him to live much he's longer. Like, I hate you. But he's a you know. what a dick move. Though. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Qui Gon's influence. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> like, I, I would. I don't leave a dog laying there without putting him out of his misery. Yeah. Obi Wan just left him. I think a he, charred, burning, breathing crisp. 
You know, it was brutal. <laughs> no legs I, I, and no arms. I, I think he felt at that point that Anakin deserved that type of suffering. Really? He killed. That's extreme. That he killed he, children. He, he forced choked he his pregnant wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about the spousal oh, abuse God. in this episode either. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my God. I just I watched a, a thing earlier today. It's so funny. So I, I watched a live stream on uh, on Facebook today, Lady Problems. And it was all about uh, domestic abuse. And I, and I couldn't help but think because I, I knew I was going to be talking about the prequels. About the uh, there's a lot of emotional and verbal yeah, and, and physical, physical abuse, abuse in, in, uh, <laughs> in the previous. portrayed in the yeah especially yeah. in episode three you were with him <laughs> <laughs> it's so cringy that whole yeah. love story just doesn't make any sense it doesn't no it doesn't. there's no reason for those two to be together except for they're supposed to be together yeah, Which, yeah. and and how she names the kids is so arbitrary too like there's no Luke. build up. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no reason for those kids to be named that. Like they didn't have a like a baby naming book and, and, at, and, at their apartment or something with those two names and, and, circled. And speaking of no reason to do stuff, so at the end, Bail Organa takes ownership of three PO and R two mm-hmm. and hands them over to Antilles. Yep, Captain Antilles. Captain Antilles. And he just after he does that, he's like, Oh, and, and have the protocol droids mind wiped. And you're just like, Wait, why? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know why, but what what was his motivation to he like you have that and, and, and leave R2 intact. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense either. It's just because he's not supposed to have any knowledge, I guess. Does he, does he, yeah, 3PO doesn't remember Obi-Wan. He doesn't remember anybody. Mm-mm. But, but what's crazy four. is Obi-Wan doesn't remember either of those guys. The <laughs> only know? reason I can justify that is because <laughs> uh, A, the well, prequels ruined everything, and B, <laughs> because uh, the real all, answer is, is those movies weren't written yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, let's be real about it. Like George <laughs> didn't think about that. And I guess he didn't watch. The, I always felt like after 2005, when I would go back and watch the prequels, I always been like, did George not even watch the original trilogy yeah. when he made these movies? How, how would you feel if they did an actual like reboot? Like they did like with oh. Spider-Man, like with Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, oh. they totally rebooted. How would you feel if Disney was like, you know what? All these fans, everybody's bitching. Fuck it. We're going to reboot the whole no. thing. No, no. not with. I Captain bet you it happens Kennedy. in like 60, 70 years when they run out of fucking ideas. <laughs> Maybe. When all of us original fans are all long and gone. Dead, and yeah. Dead. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny, though, is, is like if you look at Rise of Skywalker again, it's 3PO has this, uh, you know, arc where he just keeps getting his mind wiped <laughs> and, and, and like resetting to, you know, default. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah, even. Like, R2 has uh, his backup, right? Yeah, R2's, yeah. I, I hope R2's, I, R2's the 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 Deus Ex Machina of yeah. no, yeah, he's through everything. Like if you watch like the droids cartoon series yep. into like the all all of the movies yep. into like Clone Wars, like he like he's like the it's like <laughs> Get out it's of almost like card. it's almost like <laughs> if you think about it, maybe like I always thought this would be a cool idea is if like at the very end they were like it was it was R two telling the story somehow, yeah. you know what I mean? Because he's the only one that's. Been through the whole thing. everything. I really wish BB-8 had been replaced by R two. Yeah, in the sequel trilogy, like, yeah. I think it would have been more appropriate. I I, I agree with that. I but they wanted to sell you know yeah. more merch, you know, uh, I don't have know. more toys. But I hope Abrams drew an eight on a paper and was like, <laughs> make this um, yeah. a robot. <laughs> I don't know. Are we all sufficiently depressed now? <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? On my rewatch, I liked these movies much better than I have in the past. And I think it's just because I now have something worse to compare them to with the sequel trilogy. <laughs> that is uh, true. I, I wish I true. could say that. Oh, you're, really? You're on the same uh, level. I, I, my, my mind hasn't changed at all. Oh, That's really? funny. I'm actually going to finish episode three, even though there's no point because we're doing the podcast now, just because it's like, <laughs> I kind of just you want have to. to. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to love about these movies, but they're just so bogged down by all these you know, like, I, plot I always tell people, and character stuff. I always tell people at least it's got the right DNA in them. 
They're still mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't loathe them like I do the Disney trilogy. So, I mean, they're still George Lucas. They're still Star Wars. They're still the characters we like. Yeah. So I'm it's, st- it's okay. I can't help it. I'm still a purist. Like, the original trilogies can't be messed with. Nope. And the, and the prequels, to me, just didn't line up with it. it nope. just, things just didn't make sense. There was a really cool... If you guys are as salty as we are about the prequel trilogy... I would suggest going and watching a, a series of YouTube videos called What If the Star Wars Prequels Were Good? And this, <laughs> this dude rewrote, using the same characters and the same plot lines and everything, just kind of reorganized everything and, and changed the characters around. He made Anakin older in the first one, and he made that relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin more of a brother as opposed to a father-son relationship. It was a brotherhood. And uh, there, was a, there was a really interesting uh, little uh, love triangle going on between him and Padme and Obi-Wan because they were all around the same age, so it made more sense. And that kind of sparked the rivalry between him and Obi-Wan. It was really, really well written. And it, he, he did like a little like pencil sketch animation type thing for it. It was great. So it's there, like, There's also a fan edit of the Phantom Menace out there yes. that uh, basically fixed the movie, like, yeah. like made it actually feel more like Star Wars and made it a better film. Yeah. Really? I've seen that yeah. too. Oh, yeah, I've really seen good. that. Yeah. They basically just cut out like half of Jar Jar's parts and all the cringy dialogue. They cut that out. Yeah, like all, just... all the aliens speak in alien language with subtitles. Kind of oh, like how that's, that's, oh, that's way better. I remember this now. Yeah. 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 What's, what's that called, man? Yeah, I have to get that link. It's got to be like fan I, edit or something. I, I, yeah, I, I, fan yeah edit. I, I forget the name of it, but it, it, was, it was like when, it, when someone sent it to me, I was like, uh, I didn't even like the original. I'm not going to like this one. But it, it felt more like a Star Wars yeah. movie, and it was a, it was really good. I agree. I, I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun to watch, and it did improve the movie quite a bit. I mean, it's not perfect. It's still got some issues, but it's far, far better than what we got. So since we're uh, talking about prequels, and I feel like we're wrapping up pretty soon, so like, would we all agree that like when it, it, the goal with a prequel should be to make whatever it's prequeling better, mm-hmm. right? This will segue into, I hope I can be a guest on, on when you talk about Rogue One. But I feel like the only prequel I've actually ever seen in my life that does that is Rogue One. I would agree with that. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. At least in the Star Wars space. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think outside Star Wars. Well, you got The Hobbit for Lord of the Rings. Not, I don't feel like did yeah. anything to justify or to, to improve the originals. Um, right. What other prequel and, movies and are you, there? You know what's funny? Episodes one through three started th- this whole prequel craze where... <sighs> It's basically an excuse for lazy writers to take ideas that have already been established and just expound upon them as opposed to coming up with their own original ideas. Backstories can be really cool, except there's the stakes are very limited. You're you're boxing yourself in because automatically you know where everybody's going to end up. Yeah. However, it still can be done in a justifiable way. What is it they say? It's the journey, not the destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, like if these movies had actually had a good story that was well-structured and built up to you know, this big reveal of how Anakin became Darth Vader. I think that, you you know, the, the whole prequel trap about knowing how it's going to end wouldn't be an issue, Mm -hmm. but it was, that's what we were there to see. Yeah. It was was because these three movies were just so poorly made that, uh, (laughs) you know, they, they just fall short. So what I want to do is I want to go around here, start with starting with Alex. How would you rank the prequel trilogy in terms of just these three movies from best to worst? Uh, three, two, um, let me start from best to worst is three, yeah. two, one. Yeah. Or maybe three, three, one, two. See, that's, it's, <laughs> yeah, those two are interchangeable. It, I'd say three, one, two, because I like the, uh, I like the pod racing so much that it, it beats out pretty much anything else in episode two. Matt uh, Fader, what's your ranking? I concur. Uh, three, two, one, but 
one and two are both like super close. <laughs> yeah. They flip yeah. flop every time yeah, I think yeah. about it. Every time I think about it, I'm like, well, yeah, but that one part. <laughs> Go ahead, Danny. We'll, oh, I, well, if I hadn't been influenced by the whole father experience, I might, I might feel like you guys, but I actually really like two because of the experience that I had. So it's, for me, it's three, two, one, like easily. Okay. You know? Yeah. Right on. Kadish, what about you? I'd have to go with three, two, one as right well. On. Cool. All right, everybody. That's our uh, episode. Talking, <laughs> dump some serious salt on George Lucas. See, I, this is why I feel bad because he sold the franchise because of people like us. We're like, your movies are shit. <laughs> well, well, I think we're not between all of us, how many, how much money did we give? I mean, Jesus, you oh saw it gosh, like yeah, ten, 10 times. times. I've seen, you know, I've seen the movies. You know, yeah. You've seen them. You saw it three times in one day. I mean, geez, like we're allowed. We gave those guys our money. <laughs> I'll, I'll, say, money. I'll say this. If, if Lucas had decided to step down after Phantom Menace and give the reins to someone else, these movies might have turned out a lot better. But I mm-hmm. think it was his decision to keep directing all and writing all three of them. Yeah. That was the real Achilles heel of, of these films. Because I, I just don't think he, well, then. I don't think he's a talented enough storyteller to handle he definitely had it he had an a team with the original trilogy he did but i mean what's the sequel trilogy's excuse then <laughs> nostalgia <laughs> tune in in three weeks yeah. Yeah. Tune, in, yeah. tune in in a couple of weeks we'll talk we'll tear that we'll, this will seem mild compared to what we're talking about <laughs> right. yeah, i can't believe i'm gonna have to watch all three of those movies again oh, i don't I know. know if i am oh man i won't i don't know if i'll watch i'm, going, uh, the I'm last actually Jedi gonna be again. earnest about it like yeah. i watched the prequels i've watched them recently um I think a, month, a couple of months ago, I watched the sequels. The, no, the prequels. I watched the prequels recently before we decided to do this podcast, and oh, then man. I rewatched them again. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down. I haven't done it yet, and I feel like I at least should do it once. I have not sat down and binged all three of the sequels in a row and try to feel what it would be like to have <sighs> the whole story in front of you. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to earnestly know. try to so do it on May fourth or. Putting uh, the Rise of Skywalker yeah. on Disney Plus. Yeah, I think it's only going to be there for the one day, though. Really? I think is that right? I feel, once they put it so, on there, they should just leave it there. That's I think it's dumb. just for Star Wars Day. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, I'm going to watch. Not, all I'm not 100 percent sure there. I, but, I feel like you could skip the Last Jedi and not lose oh, yeah. anything really. You know, except for Luke dying, you'd be like, "Why is he a ghost?" <laughs> Because he lost the will to live. <laughs> Died of a broken heart. Oh, all right, guys. Uh, thank he lost you. all hope. I'd like to thank our, our hosts, our co-hosts, Kay, uh, Matthew Kadish, uh, uh, Matt Vader, the Dark Lord himself, and Danny. Thank you so much for coming and uh, talking about Star Wars with us for this great month. Uh, I wanted to thank our fans and listeners. You guys are really the motivation for us trying to do this show and make it as good as possible and have some really fun, awesome content that makes you think, has a little bit of salt, but we're still nerds and we still love all this stuff. So uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to saltynerdpodcast.com. Check out all our stuff there. You can uh, go to Salty Nerd Club. Maybe if you want to uh, donate to the Patreon, that would be really appreciated. Um, and uh, you can help us to grow this podcast even more. We rely on you guys, uh, and we would love your feedback. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe for more content. If uh, you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a, a review. Uh, I love reading the fans' reviews, even if it's negative. If you're like, you guys suck. Like, that's cool. Just go ahead and five throw it star. in there. Five star. <laughs> five star reviews. Five star reviews. Oh, my. Five. <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> Nothing else. Be sure to click that bell on YouTube yeah. to get oh, notifications. Smash that bell icon and yeah. give us a thumbs up. Because, yeah. because YouTube's trying to censor us. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to Fight the Man. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we really appreciate you guys uh, for all of our content, for all of our past episodes, and uh, for all of our future episodes. You can go to saltynerd.com. 
Uh, signing out today, Matthew Kadish, where can they find you on the socials? They can find me at Matthew Kadish on Twitter. And if they want to check out my books to see if I'm full of crap or not, <laughs> in terms of my ability to tell stories, uh, they can go to kadishbooks.com. That's K-A-D-I-S-H books.com. Takes you right to my Amazon page. Matt Vader, what about you? Where can they find you? You write books? (laughs) (laughs) The the paper Kindles. Who knew? (laughs) You can find me at MattVader74 on the socials. uh, What is that? Twitter. uh, At at Chewy Louie. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) On Instagram. My cat has an Instagram (laughs) at truly underscore Louie. It's very, very cute. Very cute. He's adorable. And uh, yeah, and I'm at MattVader74 on uh, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. And Danny, where can they find you and where can they check out your charity event? Okay, so they can, uh, I'm at DorkKnightLV, and that's got two Ks, DorkKnightLV, on all the social media stuff. And then uh, my charity, uh, Nerds Never Say Die. Um, Right now, most of the activity is on Facebook, so just, uh, you can check me out there. I'm starting, like I said, a a five-part series tomorrow which will be in the past when you hear this. <laughs> so just check it out. And uh, uh, yeah, um, if you want to help support uh, mental health awareness and suicide prevention in Las Vegas, uh, please uh, check that out. Um, yeah, that's about it. Right on. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and may the fourth be with you. This is Salty from the Salty Nerd Podcast, here to remind you that we are a member of the Red 5 Network. If you would like to support other podcasts just like this one, you can go to red5network.com. Red 5. All wings report in.